It's six o'clock, I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines briefed family meet with L&D Hospital. EasyJet boss calls for tighter airport security and FA Cup trips for Chesham, Luton, Stevenage and Wickham. BBC Three Counties Radio. A year after a baby girl was stillborn at Luton and Dunstable Hospital, the authorities there say they are committed to learning from the death. Anna Begg died last November. Hospital managers met with the family yesterday to discuss the findings of a report into the baby's death. More from Jess. Cooper. An independent external report was commissioned by the hospital to make sure their original investigation into baby Anna's death had drawn the right conclusions. It says a placental abnormality appears to have been the most likely cause of the stillbirth. Although Anna's parents believe a delay in receiving treatment when they arrived at the hospital led to their daughter's death. The hospital says it's since introduced improved systems and processes in the maternity unit. The chief executive of Luton-based EasyJet has urged a number of airports around the world to tighten their security in the wake of the crash in Egypt. Carolyn McCall says she believes passengers won't mind longer queues, given that a bomb is the likely cause. It's a very specific message about certain airports around the world, and this will be a global thing, not just a, you know, an Egyptian thing or a North African thing, or it's a global thing. And I think passengers will be happy about that and I think airlines will support that because no one wants a security threat. Meanwhile, the government says it expects all British holidaymakers still stranded in Sharm el-Sheikh to be back in the UK by the weekend. Bedfordshire police will have to wait for another year before knowing how much Whitehall cash they'll get in future. Controversial changes highlighted by the county's police and crime commissioner, Ollie Martins, have been halted after the government admitted errors had been made in the calculations. The Labour MP for Luton South, Gavin Shuka, told the Commons there were always doubts about the funding formula. In Bedfordshire, we face the fourth highest gun crime, the fifth for burglary, seventh for knife crime and a real threat from extremism. Uh, under the new figures or the old, Bedfordshire hardly gained. Doesn't common sense dictate that there was a flaw with that formula on that basis and will it be corrected? A group of residents in Abbots Langley say the worry over whether their flats will be demolished to make way for affordable apartments is making the mill. Thrive Homes, who own the flats in Summerhouse Way, have been consulting the tenants. 70-year-old Carol Butcher bought her flat outright in June and wasn't aware of the plans at the time. I don't want to move at my age. I really don't want to. They do not know what they're doing to people. They're making people ill, quite honestly. In sport, FA Cup giant killers Chesham were drawn away to Aldershot or Bradford in last night's second round draw. Luton will be away to Peterborough, Stevenage go to Yeovil and Wickham will be away to Millwall. And the Bedford athlete Paula Radcliffe says Lord Coe must act to stamp out doping in the sport after the damning report calling for Russia to be suspended from next year's Olympics. The weather cloudy, breezy and mild with the chance of a shower. Maximum temperature 17 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co uk slash three counties that uh, I believe we did when we were here last but um, it's the only song that we do in a personal appearance that is done a cappella which means nude no it doesn't either I forgot I lost my head again anyway uh, it really is done without instruments so you can hear all our mistakes everyone's very quiet and uh, I believe it's it's a beautiful springtime ballad, which we thought particularly appropriate due to the time of the year. <laughs> and uh, uh, may I just add that it's called Their Hearts Were Full of Spring. Yes, um. <clears throat>
of a very gentle boy and the girl who wore his ring through the wintry snow the world they knew was one for their hearts were full of spring as the days grew and the nights passed into time and the weeks and years took wing gentle boy tender girl their love remains still young for their hearts were full of spring then one day they died and their graves were side by side on a hill from that to this.
trying to follow that with brainwashed by the kinks, but I can't seem to f- I can't seem to find it anywhere. We'll get there. Morning, guys. Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts, and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties okay, Radio. There. Right. Mm. Let's give them the show they want. The Luton and Dunstable Hospital is introducing new guidelines for women at the risk of stillbirth following the death of a child last year. The hospital admitted it didn't check Anna Begg's heartbeat within a reasonable time, a failure her parents believe cost her her life. Catherine, what happened in this? Very well, sad story. Anna was stillborn at the LD a year ago on the 10th of November. Her parents, Mohammed and Masumi, went in the previous day when their contractions started. Masumi said she was bleeding and in severe pain. Now she was examined and against her will, she says, she was sent home. And the couple um, arrived back a few hours later after Mazumi said she could no longer feel the baby moving. Now, they say they were kept waiting for two and a half hours before somebody kept to, uh, came to check the baby's heartbeat. And when the midwife checked, it was confirmed that the baby had died. Um, and, sorry, well, the Garen parents believe that she would have been alive today if they hadn't been set, sent home in that first instance. Um, and if they'd been attended to sooner after coming back and telling the staff that the baby had stopped moving. OK, so what does this report say? Well, following that death, the hospital launched a serious incident investigation in it, the um, Luton and Dunstable say that there was a one-hour delay and admits that the midwife failed to check the fetal heart rate within a reasonable time frame. Now, the hospital said it's not known whether that delay in checking the fetal heart rate in a timely manner would have impacted the outcome. Um, an independent external review, this is what we're talking about here, um, was commissioned by the hospital to make sure that that in- original investigation to baby Arna's death had drawn the right conclusions. This new review says that a placental abnormal- um, abnormality appears to have been the most likely cause of the stillbirth. Um, Andrew Cantor is the founder of the National Maternity Support Foundation. He created that after his son was uh, stillborn. They have to listen to the mums. They have to listen to the parents. I think in the case that has recently happened, the sad case of baby Anna, is that they didn't listen to to the mum. And they always say mums know best. So I think really we've got to start from there. What's the hospital said in response to this? Well, of course, we approached them um, to come on the programme. They've sent us a statement um, from Chief Nurse Pat Reed, and this is how it reads. I'd like to say how truly sorry I am that baby Anna was stillborn and extend my condolences again to Mohammed Amin and his wife, Masumi Shabnam. As with any unexpected death, we're committed to taking any learning we can from this serious incident. We've introduced improved systems and processes in our maternity unit in line with NICE guidelines issued in February 2015, which set out standard for assessment of all women within 30 minutes. Okay, next hour we'll speak to uh, Arna's dad, Mohammed, to find out his thoughts. 03459 455555. Hey, you haven't got a handy six million quid hanging around, have you? Not on me, no. It's a shame because Penn School is up for sale and I was thinking maybe we could buy it and convert it into flats. Do you know what's really odd about that? Yeah. We've been ringing the administrators every week since we last had someone on to talk about it and they've been telling us nothing was happening. Ah, who cares about that? Who cares about that? It's up for sale. It could be converted into properties. I want a piece of that. Here's the kinks and brainwashed.
It's a bit tricky at the moment, Catherine. I'm chatting, not only am I chatting to you and to the listener, and you, Danny. Hi. I'm also chatting to Regu on an internet delivery firm. Oh. Who was supposed to deliver a package on Sunday, didn't come. Driver was unable to gain access to my property. That old chestnut. That line, that's a lie, because my property is on a street. (laughs) You You haven't got any swinging axes over your path or anything like that? It's not like uh, Super Mario World. Uh, you, you, You come to my house, you drop stuff off. They said, don't worry, sir, be with you on Monday. It didn't arrive. So I'm chatting to Regu. Let me just say, I am on the radio right now, Regu. There we go. That'll speed things up. Oh, 03459 455555. BBC Three Counties Radio. There's a, mm, 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 a, a whisper of sulphur and indeed bitterness in the air this morning. Let's have the Trav. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. There are queues building up already in Neasden on the North Circular Road at the Neasden Interchange from the M1 at Staples Corner because of the roadworks. There's also roadworks in St Albans on the North Albert Road between the London Coney Roundabout and the Park Street Roundabout, so expect that to get busy in both ways later on when it starts to get busier. On the motorways, there's no reported problems at the moment. On the M1, though, there's roadworks between Junction 12 for Flitwick and 11 for Dunstable in both directions, which could cause delays later on. And on the train departure boards, the 6.34 train from Luton to Sutton has been delayed. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Sammy? Yeah? Are you sure there's nothing else you need to say? Nothing else happened? Um, well, not not yet. That's okay. I've opened my computer now. Thanks. Bye. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A year after a baby girl was stillborn at Luton and Dunstable Hospital, the authorities there say they are committed to learning from the death. The chief executive of Luton-based EasyJet has urged a number of airports around the world to tighten their security in the wake of the crash in Egypt and Bedfordshire Police will have to wait another year for news on funding after the government admitted errors had been made in the calculation. Nick Coffer on BBC Three Counties Radio. History coming up uh, very shortly with the uh, brilliant Dan Hill. He's a local historian. Sorbetsworth, um, amongst other things, has got quite a rich history. As it's further east, there is uh, a lot more influence with regards to things like air raids, Weekdays from 12. Great music as well coming up here on BBC Three Counties Radio. Freddie Mercury, the great pretender. Go West as well on its way. First though, his T-Rex. Nick Coffer. You know, it's fantastic to be able to get, you know, people like Nathan Bell and Gary Matthew and, you know, experienced but still early on in their careers, giving them the opportunity to come and make music in a lovely environment, Luton Library Theatre. Could you describe modern Britain in 50 records? Stuart McConey is doing just that in his book. I don't think you're ever going to get another Beatles who dominate the pop cultures. Nick Coffer. Weekdays from 12 on BBC Three Counties Radio. I put the wrong thing in the wrong thing, Kath. I'm all over the shop today. I heard it very faintly. There it is. There it is. Hang on, let's try. Let's try. Let's hang on. Let's give him. There we go.
555. Now, a group of neighbours claim a Hertfordshire Housing Association's forcing them out of the homes that they've lived in for years. Thrive Homes have been consulting current tenants about plans to knock down their flats in Abbots Langley in order to build more up-to-date accommodation. Justin's been looking into this one. Thrive mm. Homes, what are they planning, Just? Uh, Thrive Homes currently owns and manages over 4,000 homes in Hearts, Beds and Bucks. It says there Ooh, is... Oh, yes. Sorry. Yeah. Hearts, beds and bucks. That's really discombobulated me. Can what? you put them in the correct order, please? Uh, in what, order what, of preference. Uh, beds, hearts and bucks? Thank you very it, much. Oh, you, you years can't... ago, management here got very confused about it. No, you've got to say it the right way. Yeah, well, the right but, way is beds, hearts and bucks. But, but, we all know that. But Thrive Homes, this is their way. Oh, uh, hearts, dear. beds and bucks. Oh, gosh. Um, it says there is currently a shortage of affordable homes in Abbots Langley. So the plan is about responding to the huge demand for housing locally by building more flats and houses. Thrive says it's having to, to use the existing housing stock they've got on the land it owns to achieve this. So th- this current proposal is to knock down the flats in Summerhouse Way to make way for more apartments instead. They've not given us the numbers, but the local residents there say there are currently 24 owned by the Housing Association and they understand they'll be replaced by 36 apartments. What are the residents saying? They're going to be angry, Justin, yeah, I'm feeling. Angry and confused. Um, they feel they've been kept in the dark about these plans for ages. They say Thrive must have known for a very long time that this was coming, as last year they got a grant to provide more affordable homes. This is what tenant Pat Butcher told us. This is our memories. You know, I brought my children up here, so has everybody else brought their children up here in 40-odd years. And and it's just, you know, it, it's quite heartbreaking. I've been very upset about it. You look upset now no, as we're talking. Yeah, I know. No. You're going to stop She's talking to Matt. Um... Yeah, we we've all been we've all been like this, down, depressed, whatever you'd like to call it. But at the end of the day, you know, if it goes ahead, it's very very sad, and uh, you know, shame on them. That's all I can say. Shame on them. Oh bless! Well, is that terrible? Right, I, I, can I just make a, a, an editorial suggestion? If, if we're going to go around and talk to upset people, let's not send Matt Lockwood there. Yeah. It's only going to make things worse. That's bless her. Totally oh, poor, poor lady. Uh, so that was Pat. Uh, Carol Butcher is the only resident who actually bought her flat uh, through the right to buy scheme. That was back in June. She had no idea about these plans when she decided to to own her flat outright. Carol has lived in Summerhouse Way for forty eight years and says that she is going nowhere. I don't want to move at my age. I really don't want to. It's certainly not fair. They do not know what they're doing to people. They're making people ill, quite honestly. I'm sorry. Don't apologise for getting upset. As I say, it kind of emphasises how much this means to everybody here, mm-hmm. really. Well, we can call on anybody if you're ill. And when you live on your own, you're very vulnerable. Oh dear, well that's um, you know, horrible. You don't want to hear with people like that being that upset. Uh, what, what help are the residents being offered by Thrive? Uh, tenants have been asked to register with uh, an online letting scheme called Hearts Choice Homes. Oh, online, I mean, I know, without, with I the know. greatest of respect, yep. do those two ladies sound like they're going to be? They've got broadband all set up on their no. MacBooks. No, they're just devastated. Um, if they go online, they decide who gets council and housing association homes across five authorities in Hertfordshire based on a points 
scheme. It's so cold. Uh, tenants have told us that when they go on there to select the option, and they've been told to click on this option, due for redevelopment or demolition. But they feel that's actually a fraudulent statement, as the proposal to knock down their flats is just that. It's a proposal, and nothing yet has been decided. Thrive says they will be given priority as a result, but Tony O'Reilly, again, who's a tenant who lives there, feels there aren't many families in desperate need of council or housing association homes and that reassurance doesn't mean a lot and thrive again unable to tell us if tenants will still be able to live in abbott's langley when this whole process is over uh, if the residents want to move back to summer house way once the redevelopment is complete mm. i'm guessing that ain't gonna mm, happen tricky not as simple as that um should the redevelopment actually proceed this will come under the homes and communities agency affordable homes program it then requires thrive to develop new homes for affordable rents at up to 80% of the market level. So that then means the rents could double for those people there, uh, pricing them out of the market. So Tony, who we mentioned a moment ago, currently pays £500 a month for his flat, excluding council tax and other charges. If this goes ahead, he moves back in. His rent could then double to £1,000 a month. All in all, a complete mess. All right, listen, let's um, get on to uh, another road and discuss. Justin, how much cash you got in the bank? This is a serious thing. Could we? Could we? If we? If we? If we pulled it all going? together, yeah. Could we get um, a, a tasty six million quid? No, I'm skint. I'm no, skint. I, could, I could probably lend you three. Three million? No, three pounds. Oh, f- well, six million pounds is a lot of money. Um, I've got mm. an idea. Yeah. I've got an idea, which I can't reveal on air, but I've got an idea. Oh, really? Yeah. I You're not going to go down the docks again, no, are you? No, I'm not going to go down the docks. I just got contacts. Oh, can I just try? I'm just going to try something. A punt. Yeah. Danny, your mm. parents aren't millionaires, are they? And you're mm. just here just to wind us poor people up? No. It's a shame. It's a shame. <laughs> Penn School is up for sale. I we know. can turn into beautiful, beautiful properties. It's an investment, mate. Yeah, I I'm know. I'm the chairman of Galliard Homes. We, it's an investment. We can make a few quid. I know. How can you go wrong? And this is what we said from day one. Mm. If the school was going to be no more, a property developer comes in, Buckinghamshire, beautiful part of the world, yep, yep, yep. Yeah, very, very desirable, you could make a lot of money there. But hang on a minute. Isn't that... That land's supposed to be in trust. It can only be used for educational purposes. Um, it would seem not. Well, I, it depends what process they've been down. If they have exhausted trying mm. to find a buyer <laughs> to carry on the school and they can prove that, they've got to get the money back for the people who owe money. Mm. I don't know. It's tricky. OK, well, we can't do that. All right. If anyone's got a handy way of... Maybe we'll talk to Ollie Martins. He's got, he's got crazy ideas on how to make money, so he might have some... <laughs> I, I, what are the odds? I bet we walk down the street today and we see a poster stuck to a lamppost saying, um, Battle of the Bands, first prize, six million quid. <laughs> um, I'll tell you what, though. It's very simple. <laughs> somebody And somebody almost did this a little while ago. Somebody almost bought that land yep. and they were going to have a school there and have property on the side. Mm-hmm. That could still technically happen okay 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 we got now you found something that we might be able to send justin out on i found loads of stuff in the times of all places this morning right but uh this one is is the thing that leapt to my eyes first uh americans have discovered an exotic festive delicacy the sausage roll. Oh, the Boom. sausage roll. Oh, we love a sausage roll yep. on this programme. In fact, we're virtually sponsored by sausage rolls. We can be. I'm open to offers. I'm open to offers, guys. My first baby was basically made out of sausage rolls. Really? That's yeah. weird. And, 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 and then you had sex with your husband and a real baby was born. <laughs> no, but that's what I craved all the way through. Like, I'd have sausage rolls or I'd have scotch eggs. I was flipping crackers about sausage mm. meat. So are we, are we going out? 
Are we going out onto the street to celebrate the sausage roll? Yes, yes, yes. we're yes. celebrating it. It's, yeah. it's, at last, Ameri- it's like um, the British invasion all over again in yeah. 1964 when the Beatles, the Hollies, and I apologise, yeah. America, Jerry and the Pacemakers went over <laughs> and dominated the American charts. We're now we're dominating the American <laughs> food yeah. charts. They're going crackers for sausage rolls. The New York Times recently published a recipe for sausage rolls. Wow. A delicacy that it said was historically consumed by British aristocrats on Boxing Day. Oh, you was are, it? Oh, that's, that's just The paper's nonsense. American readers were swift, demanding to know more about this mysterious rolled sausage. <laughs> the article set Twitter alight. How on earth was it possible, asked incredulous Britons and Australians, that America did not know about sausage rolls? And what was this nonsense about the pork and pastry indulgence? Surely one of the handiest all-rounders in the snacks universe being only a seasonal treat. Dearly, this, is, this is what we should be proud of. Britain is on a downer yeah, at the moment. Yeah. Let's, let's send it on an upper yeah. and let's celebrate the sausage roll. Yeah. <laughs> Dealey, we'll speak yeah, to you in a bit. You, thank you, boss. 03459 Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M1 southbound, Mike called to report that just after Junction 11 for Dunstable, a lorry's broken down. On the M25 anti-clockwise, it's building up from Junction 21 for the M1 to 19 for Watford. And in Borehamwood on the A1, there are queues building up southbound from the Holiday Inn towards the Stirling Corner. On the A355 in Beaconsfield, there's roadworks at London Road near the Timberyard, so that could cause some delays if you're going past there later on this morning. And on the train departure towards the 6.30 train from Bedford to London St Pancras has been delayed. Samantha Burroughs, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 6.30, I'm Simon Oxley. A year after a baby girl was stillborn at Luton and Dunstable Hospital, the authorities there say they are committed to learning from the death. Arna Begg died last November. Hospital managers met with the family yesterday to discuss the findings of a report into the baby's death. The chief executive of Luton-based EasyJet has urged a number of airports around the world to tighten their security in the wake of the crash in Egypt. Carolyn McCall says she believes passengers won't mind longer queues, given that a bomb is the likely cause. And Bedfordshire Police will have to wait for another year before knowing how much Whitehall cash they'll get. Controversial changes highlighted by the county's police and crime commissioner, Ollie Martins, have been halted after the government admitted errors had been made in the calculations. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. All our sides received away ties in last night's FA Cup second round draw. Wickham, Luton, Stevenage and non-league Chesham and possibly Boreham Wood will all be on the road in the first weekend in December. More from Jeff Doyle. After producing one of the shocks of the first round, Chesham's reward is a tough second round tie away to either Aldershot or Bradford. Luton Town will come up against Graham Wesley again as the Hatters head to his new club Peterborough from League One. Stevenage faced the long trip to Yeovil, the team they play in League Two this weekend. Wickham have a difficult one away to Millwall and if Boreham would beat Northwich in their replay they'll be away to Northampton. The Bedford athlete Paula Radcliffe says Lord Coe must act to stamp out doping in the sport after the damning report calling for Russia to be suspended from next year's Olympics. Coe, the new head of world athletics, says Russia must respond by Friday to accusations that it ran a doping programme for its athletes. Radcliffe says strong action needs to be taken. We're in a new chapter, we have a new president and he is having to make decisions he is having to call on his council and really seriously look at the way the IWF is pulled together, the way that our anti-doping works. If it means taking it out of IWF, so be it. The calls for change are going to come louder than ever and Seb will have to act. 
And in rugby, England bosses have denied making any approach for the Australia coach Michael Checker. Reports in Australia claim the RFU had sounded out Checker about replacing Stuart Lancaster as England head coach, but this has been denied by an RFU spokesman. BBC Three Counties News and Sports, the next full bulletin is at seven. Uh, this isn't the song I wanted. Hang on a second. This isn't the song I wanted. Um... Oh, this is the ah, this is the, this is the song I wanted. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You're very, very welcome. Here we go. It was often talked about. It was often raised, but nothing was ever done about it. To hear the way they talked about it, no one could be saved. Nothing was ever done about it Shall I take back Everything I've ever said And live my life in silence instead It was oversimplified It was underthought Nothing was ever done to stop it Everything was fortified All the lies we bought Nothing was ever done to stop it Shall I take back Everything I've ever said
lunch too. to London yesterday. That there, London. I'm going there today. I'm going there tomorrow. If you want, D- Danny, do you want anything from London? Don't you live there? No, I don't live there. I've not lived in London for years. Mm. I don't not live in I London. I assume everyone lives there. No, no. Well, not well. No, I mean, if you uh, look at other places, they've got houses and people live in there. Yes, yeah, some of them That's are, a good are, point. Are, are summer houses for the rich people who live in London. Mm. Uh, no, I lived in London. I moved out of London. Oh, it's approaching three years now, Danny. Three years. I'm not local here. Couldn't, just couldn't do it. Um, so I went to that there, London, and I met a mate for lunch, and we went to a place that could be described as, what's the word? Poncy. Oh, yeah. But not like posh. We, we looked at one place, and I went, oh, that's too posh for us, Con. We can't go in there. We're not that kind of people. So went, oh, about that place there? I went, yeah, it looks nice. It was nice. Uh, it was, I believe, the phrase is, hip and not in the 60s sense mm-hmm. we were served by a frenchman with slick back hair and a long bushy beard what there were records playing it was tiny as well it was tiny and i, I had a couple of bags with me and i had to shove the bags and i had to have my coat on my lap records playing we didn't sit near the record player because we would have knocked it because it was so small and um we've got the menu right and my mate ordered a vinegar drink what a vinegar drink. What? A fig, vinegar. F- is this going to be a swear word? Vinegar. Fignigger. There was some man called Michael Fignigger. Oh no, you're right. It is close. Um, yeah. Okay. I see. I see why you pulled that face. Um, a, vin- a fig vinegar drink. Imagine such a thing, right? Sounds nasty. Well, the did first he enjoy way I did, it? Yes, he loved it, uh, and it was actually delicious, right? Then I ordered my mains. Right. Can I just go back to the vinegar drink? I'd rather we didn't. We, we did dodged he, a bullet there. Did he? Did he get served it in a jam no, jar? No, no, no. It was. It was in a glass. All I, right. I, it was in a glass. I would have. That would have been the final that would, straw. That would have been it. So I ordered my mains. Right. It's twelve quid the mains, and it was lamb. Mm. It was like called like burnt lamb or something. I don't know what it was. I don't know what it's called. It's the mains, right? It's in the mains part of the menu. He said the guy said, "Uh, that is um, that is very small." You will want a side with it. I'm thinking it's in the... It's 12 quid! It's small for 12... And it's in the mains? Why would you put... Also, of course it's small, otherwise it'd be a sheep. Thank you very much indeed, ladies and gentlemen. He said... uh, No, he he said... um, I see what you've done there. You've done a funny. I tried. A pause for the audience to laugh. When the Marx Brothers were making their movies, right? there's massive silences in there. Do you know why? So they could add the canned laughter. There's no canned laughter in the Marx Brothers. No, not the canned laughter. So the, the, what they would do, this is brilliant, right? So the Marx Brothers, for the, the, the good films, not the later ones, so the good ones, Duck I always Soup, find them very odd. They're, they're actually funny. Uh, my favourite is um, um, uh, um, Chico. When he's playing them, he's brilliant. He's brilliant. They are brilliant. It's hard work because it's from a, from a, a bike. What they would do, so say they're doing um, horse feathers, right? Mm-hmm. So they're filming horse feathers. What they would do is they would do a a live show of horse feathers and tour it. Yeah. And they'd refine it, so it was spot on. Mm-hmm. And then they'd have someone timing the laughter from the audience. Wow. And then when they were filming horse feathers or duck soup or from um, uh, uh, nuts to soup, was that them or was that Laurel and Hart? Anyway, it didn't matter. They would have someone with the stopwatch 
going, right, well, this bit, when we do it, it gets a 13-second laugh. So we're going to pause for 13 seconds. And then they go, and that's why there's massive silences, for the laughter in the cinema. Because they in the day, oh. they were, they were. I'm trying to think of, um, they. I mean, they were kind of like the Paul Blart, um, mall shop cop. Right, never seen it, but... Uh, OK, they were... Um, like John Candy? They were the John Candy... I'm trying to think of a, a, a modern uh, equivalent. They were the... the, um, the, the, um, the Who are the Goose Brothers? Not the Goose Brothers. The Step Brothers. The Goose Step Brothers. They were some guys. No, the um, Blues Brothers. Yeah. They were the Blues Brothers of their day. Gosh. They were the... Um, they, were the, um, the, the they were the Andrew Dice Clay of their day. They were the carrot top of their day. Nope. I'm naming uh, slightly dated on Funny Americans. Oh. It's a joke. I'm doing a piece. <laughs> oh. um, so they would time it, and they would time it. That's why there's massive silences. That's why they're awkward to watch at home, because you're watching it at home on your own, and it's, it's like aching silences. In the cinema, it will be full of laughter. Yeah, and I'm thinking, come on, guys, get on with it. Yeah, oh, no, they're good. They're Give good. me another funny. They're good, the Marx Brothers. I'm not so, so keen on Groucho. He's no. annoying. Yeah, and they're very it's, annoying, and his moustache is clearly fake. What's it's that? the other two. How many Marx Brothers were there? Three. Um... Thank you, Zeppo. Well, there were more, actually, but Zeppo what? popped up in a few. Ah, ah, who's that one? That's, That's um, Harpo. Right. Uh, Zeppo. I think there are five Marx Brothers. Oh, yes, there's Curly. Yeah, that's Zeppo. Yeah. No, that's 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 um, um, uh, uh. Yeah. That's uh, Harpo. Yeah. And then there's... That's Chico. She's miming a, a flat hat. No, flat hair. Yeah, that's... Oh, there's... Well, OK. So oh, I'm thinking of, like... Max Boyce, Max Wall or something. Oh, I don't know who you're thinking of. Anyway, in some of the films, if there's a, the good-looking, boring character, mm. that's um, oh yeah, there that is Zeppo. one that's a bit more normal. That's Zeppo. Isn't there? That's the fourth brother who wasn't as fu who wasn't funny. Oh, so he's the boring one. Right. Okay. Anyway, what's that got to? So we're in this restaurant, right? We're in this restaurant, and um, he's, yeah, that is that very is small. Very, very small. You will want to side with that. I'm thinking, flipping, it's a main course, isn't it? Uh, so we had it, and it came along. I'll be honest. It was very small, oh, he was tasty, right. but when you leave a restaurant and then go to McDonald's... Is that what happened? Mm -hmm, <laughs> you know you've been tangoed. Yeah. It was it was disappointing. Mm. It was London. London proper... Leicester Square proper busy. busy. Yeah. Real life, real Pro London. Proper hungry. Proper, re re Leicester Square proper hungry. Oh. Wasn't really. If we'd gone to an Aberdeen... Has any British person ever been to an Aberdeen Angus Steakhouse? Mm. I see Garfunkel's a lot, but does anyone go in? <laughs> well, he has to. He has to. I mean, all the money goes to Simon because he wrote the songs. So Garfunkel's had to spread out. Is it actual Garfunkel's? Yes, it is. No. Yes, it is. No. Yes, it is. No. All the money went to Simon's. He wrote all the songs. Yeah. I watched. Um, so I was watching a Simon and Garfunkel DVD from about five years ago. And half old. He's got the wig on. He's got the oh. the wig on. Simon hasn't got the wig on. Simon's weird. It's tiny. He's tiny, but he's weird. I think he's on some kind of spectrum because he really is... He's gurning a lot. He can't look at the audience. It's a very weird show. I mean, I mean, they're old and there's a lot of mullets in the band. There's one annoying guitarist with terrible hair who then goes on to play the cello and you're just thinking, you smug so-and-so. And they've... You know, when Cecilia lasts four and a half minutes with um, three guitar solos, you think, guys, come on. He's milking this. And then they wheel out the Everly Brothers. Wow. You know, a couple of cadavers that I, you, you've never seen the likes of. I mean, flipping heck. It's like um, it's like your Uncle Charlie and his mate Stan have put on black jackets and black T-shirts and brought their guitars out. And it, yeah. it, I mean, it really is. But still, Simon and Garfunkel will always have a very, very special place in my heart.
always have a special place in my heart. Oh three four five nine. I've not got the the the. There we go. There's the phone box up. Oh three four five nine four double five five double five is the uh, telephone number if you want to give us a call. Got anything? Yeah. Go on. But the time. Yeah, we got. We got. We got. I'm, I'm riding the time. Go on. We got time. The well. Okay. The word. A word I don't want to say. Well, it, uh, here's the, the, go on. The, you, you, go on. So tell the story. Then, then there's more. There are more stories connected to this. The it's word. Balls. The it's word. Not. The word that sounds a bit like bullocks. Yes. Can be used on television before the watershed. Beautiful. The broadcasting regulator has ruled, but it's, only in circumstances. It's not. A, it's not a swear word. That was proved in a court of law in 1977. My little um, then two-year-old used that word once when I bent over a bit too far. She said she could see my buttocks, but her pronunciation made it sound like she could see something else that I certainly don't have. Well, I told you. <laughs> I, threw, I just remembered that because I threw away the dress that revealed that. I told you when we play. Um, um, when we play, um, I spy. The boys do it phonetically. Mm. So I spy with my little eye something in with uh. I spy with my little eye something in with cu. Well, the eldest was, was getting advanced and was doing two words. So, oh, no, you know, it no. would be like um, traffic light. Mm -hmm. I spy with my little eye something in with t. t la. Yeah. Right. I'm going to put a good gap in between them. You, th you think we've got complaints? Now, you just wait for the next 30 seconds. So he said, I spy with my little eye... Something beginning with fa was the first word. The second word, ka. Now, he didn't put that gap in. He did it. I went, what? And he did it again. It was, it was finger cutters. He, he saw my nail clippers oh, in the car. Right. It was finger cutters. Mm -hmm. But I, I, was, I was in hysterics. And I was getting to say, what? Yeah. And he, he did it again. And isn't it interesting? Because I'm not swearing. I'm, I'm, I'm f doing phonetic letters, but I can't say those... Things. No, too close together. Way, way too close together, guys. Too soon, too soon. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. It's getting busy on the M1 southbound from Junction 12 for Flitwick to 11 for Dunstable and it's also slow between Junction 10 for Luton Airport and 9 for Redbourne. On the M25 anti-clockwise between Junction 21 for the M1 and 19 for Waterford it's looking slow too. And the A602 southbound's busy between the A1M Junction 8 for Hitchin and the A1M Junction 7 for Stevenage. On the trains there's no major delays showing up on the departure boards but if you're using the London Underground there is severe delays on the Northern Line from Edgware to Kennington. Samantha Breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much indeed, Sammy. A bit of the weather in a minute, but first of all, let's get the news. 6.46, it's um, Tuesday the 10th of November. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A year after a baby girl was stillborn at Luton and Dunstable Hospital, the authorities there say they are committed to learning from the death. The chief executive of Luton-based EasyJet has urged a number of airports around the world to tighten their security in the wake of the crash in Egypt. And Bedfordshire Police will have to wait for another year for news on funding after the government admitted errors made in the calculations. Is this true, Catherine? Mike, Mike Penning got it wrong? I don't think Mike Penning himself, but someone... He's the, well, he, he has to take... The, the buck stops with him. He's The what minister. He? The minister for coppers, isn't it? Mm, yeah, but... I don't think he's the sum doer. Well, I know, but he, I mean, he, the buck has to stop with him, doesn't it? I think, think so. so. I think so. Let's get the web. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
Good morning. It's an exceptionally mild start. We had a really mild night overnight and the temperature outside is around 15 Celsius at the moment. Now, temperatures later on today, probably not going to get too much warmer, but 16 potentially. Rather cloudy, but also one or two spots of rain possible over higher ground, but many places avoiding that, saying mostly dry and still mild if the sun comes out later. And it won't be for too long, but if it does come out, uh, the temperature could get a little bit higher to around 17. Now, overnight Tonight, any outbreaks of rain remaining uh, from the day are likely to dry up. Mostly dry, very cloudy and temperatures still mild at 12 Celsius. For tomorrow, it's a similar sort of day. We've got a dry day, lots of cloud, still breezy as it is today. Not quite as breezy as yesterday, but still breezy. And uh, the temperature for tomorrow up to 15 Celsius. And that's your forecast. If you prick us, do we not bleed? I want you with your stab proof vest, son. I want you with your CS gas. We put our lives on the line every time we go out there. If you tickle us, do we not laugh? Sharp, <laughs> any chance of an end date for this speech? Sorry. Off-piste, back now. Phew. If you poison us, do we not die? In order to do the terrible things that he does, the killer dehumanises his victims. And if you wrong us, do we not revenge? He's never gonna stop. He's just gonna keep doing it and doing it. Because he'll never get back whatever he's lost. Compelling characters returning. Pure drama. Only on the BBC. Mm, so what are we supposed to be setting our timer for? Because I <laughs> just telly. Just telly. It's just, it's just telly. Nail clippers in the car, where do you keep them? Next to the vanity mirror or the hairdryer? I don't, they just ended up in the car. Mm. And I, I, quite often I find myself, if I'm stuck in traffic, I'll clip my nails. I use my car for storage as well, yeah. so. Yeah, it's kind of like my boudoir. So I don't know what, uh, I've not got a problem with that. I've not got a problem with that. Let's, um, this is a nice song. Let's have this, shall we? This is nice. This...
on a testicle so shifted position I just sat on a testicle and it really really made me think I can't empathise really made me think let me think what you got in the papers Catherine on today of all days a 74 year old man who took two Viagra tablets oh hello gosh this is already the greatest story ever told yes a 74-year-old man who took two Viagra and tablets... And do you know what song... Was when he took those tablets and 15 minutes later when it kicked in, do you know what song... This song started in his head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look out... Look out, ladies, the boys are back in town. As he's uh, s- slowly limping through the care home. Yes? A 74-year-old oh. man... Is this going to have um, uh, um, uh, a sad end? A 74-year-old man who took two Viagra tablets had to be treated for heart pains. Wow. After spending the night with a woman nearly 50 years of his, his junior. I mean, you've got to. You've got to um, um, think that's all disgusting. No. Old people. That's the paper's warning bit. Now here comes the get in there, my son section. Uh, OK, OK, OK. Ray Boddington from Salford, Greater Manchester, was taken ill at a bus stop as he left her flat and an ambulance was called. He said, I've took one before, but never two. I don't need them. It was for a laugh. There we go, ladies and gentlemen. A laugh. And um, let's just say, let's just say, on a serious note, um, taking any form of uh, recreational drug, well, yes, it may be a laugh. Don't do it. Don't do it, guys. He was laughing all the way to the hospital. There we go. go. Can you get that over the counter? Don't finish the joke. 50 years his junior, though, so he was with someone who was... Well, I don't know how old is he. I, 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 Seventy-four. I, so she was twenty-four. Well, oh. almost fifty years his junior. So I'm going to say twenty-six. Still, <laughs> I mean, <sighs> it happens. It happens. It happens in Salford, apparently. You're just jealous. I'm not uh, sure of which one you're jealous of. I just can't think of a seventy-four-year-old um, that I would. I mean, I know one day I will fancy an old man, but. When I was twenty-four, I didn't want anything to do with him really, apart from maybe you know. Some wisdom. 
555 is the... Uh, yes, it was my testicle I sat on. Thank you, who's ever cons- asking on the, t- on the text. It was mine. Yes. Just checking. Just checking, thank you. 03459 555 555. Oh, yeah. So that word for, for that oh, yeah, yeah, member. Yeah. Gland? Not a member, is it? The word can be used on television before the watershed. Ofcom's decision came after complaints over the use of the word by Bruno Tonioli in Strictly Come Dancing. Oh, I like Bruno, he's good, isn't he? described a dance by boy band member Jay McGuinness as the Bulls... Bullock. There we go. As rollocks. As rollocks is the word we're we'll using on the radio. The remark at 6.35, oh, more than two hours before the watershed, led to his immediate apology by the presenter Tess Daly and a second apology by well, the BBC. Not, we're not what Tess is short for. Got little legs. No, that's E.T. Teresa. There we go. Why the hell not? Turns out Sandy is short for the name Alexander. Is it? Yeah. And I learned that from listening to... I'm getting so old and pretentious. A BBC Radio 4 play. Now, normally hate BBC Radio 4 plays. The last few I've heard have been absolutely... Bl- I was listening to one after the show on Saturday. Yeah, that was... Um, I didn't have a, didn't That was have odd, a, wasn't it? I didn't have a clue what was going on. By you the get- time I got home, there was a murder. Well, did you get to the bit where he... Uh, was it like really set fire in the future? And he met... He went and met this old guy, and the old guy said, you don't know who I am, do you? He said, no. He said, and he handed him a bit of paper, and he goes, you don't know who I am, do you? No. Old man laughs. Then the old man... It was the it was the author of the play. Wow. Yeah, it's a trick that Vonnegut uses. They nicked it from Vonnegut. There's a brilliant bit. Here we go, guys. Let's, why, why the hell not? I can be intellectual as well. Breakfast of Champions by Kurt Vonnegut. I don't know if he was the first to do it, but he was the best. Where um, the story's kind of is all getting a little bit messy, and so he writes himself into the story to sort it out. Yeah, and he's in he's he's sat in the he's sat in the hotel bar, and he's and he's 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 writing as himself, going so right. I don't quite know how to end this story, so I'm going to make the gay character go and um, meet his dad, and and he, and he pushes. It's, oh. it's brilliant. It's brilliant. Um, tell you what's another um, odd shortening of a name. Yeah, go go go. Guess what Tally is short for. Tally. Tally. A name that's already quite short. Um, Anita. No. Talia. No. Scally Tally. No. Scally Tally Bally. No. Valley. No. Wally. No. Careful. Careful. No, I don't know. Stella. What the heck? Travel news for beds, hearts and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Didn't fancy it, travelled in fancy it. That's absolutely fine. That's absolutely fine. No one really fancies it today. You know sometimes when you when you turn up for work and you're just like, ah, they're too late. You turn up for work and you're just like, ah. Oh. We're all a bit like that this morning. It's just one of those days. These things happen. These things happen. 03459 455555 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. 81333. Start your text 3CR. We're celebrating the magic of the sausage roll. We've got one over on the Americans. They've only just discovered them. You foolish, foolish Americans. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio.
It's seven o'clock, I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines, bereaved family meet with L&D Hospital, EasyJet boss calls for tighter airport security and FA Cup trips for Chesham, Luton, Stevenage and Wickham. BBC Three Counties Radio. A year after a baby girl was stillborn at Luton and Dunstable Hospital, the authorities there say they are committed to learning from the death. Anna Begg died last November. Hospital managers met with the family yesterday to discuss the findings of a report into the baby's death. More from Jessica Cooper. An independent external report was commissioned by the hospital to make sure their original investigation into baby Anna's death had drawn the right conclusions. It says a placental abnormality appears to have been the most likely cause of the stillbirth. Although Anna's parents believe a delay in receiving treatment when they arrived at the hospital led to their daughter's death. The hospital says it's since introduced improved systems and processes in the maternity unit. The chief executive of Luton-based EasyJet has urged a number of airports around the world to tighten their security in the wake of the crash in Egypt. Carolyn McCall says she believes passengers won't mind longer queues given that a bomb is the likely cause. It's a very specific message about certain airports around the world and this will be a global thing, not just a, you know, an Egyptian thing or a North African thing. Or It's a global thing. And I think passengers will be happy about that and I think airlines will support that because no one wants a security threat. Meanwhile, the government says it expects all British holidaymakers still stranded in Sharm el-Sheikh to be back in the UK by the weekend. Bedfordshire Police will have to wait for another year before knowing how much Whitehall cash they'll get in future. Controversial changes highlighted by the county's Police and Crime Commissioner Ollie Martins have been halted after the government admitted errors had been made in the calculations. The Labour MP for Luton South, Gavin Shuker, told the Commons there were always doubts about the funding formula. In Bedfordshire we face the fourth highest gun crime, the fifth for burglary, seventh for knife crime and a real threat from extremism. Uh, under the new figures or the old, Bedfordshire hardly gained. Doesn't common sense dictate that there was a flaw with that formula on that basis and will it be corrected? A group of residents in Abbots Langley say the worry over whether their flats will be demolished to make way for affordable apartments is making the mill. Thrive Homes, who own the flats in Summer House Way, have been consulting the tenants. 70-year-old Carol Butcher bought her flat outright in June and wasn't aware of the plans at the time. I don't want to move at my age. I really don't want to. They do not know what they're doing to people. They're making people ill, quite honestly. In sport, FA Cup giant killers Chesham were drawn away to Aldershot or Bradford in last night's second round draw. Luton will be away to Peterborough, Stevenage go to Yeovil and Wickham will be away to Millwall. And the Bedford athlete Paula Radcliffe says Lord Coe must act to stamp out doping in the sport after the damning report calling for Russia to be suspended from next year's Olympics. The weather, cloudy, breezy and mild with the chance of a shower. A maximum temperature today, 17 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Thank you, Simon. Busy show this morning, busy show this morning. I know it's. It, 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 mm, ah, there's a lot going on. If you want to take part, you know the rules now, guys. You can call in about the stuff we're talking about, or you can call in about anything that's in your head box. 03 459 455 555 is the phone number. 
Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, the Luton Dunstable Hospital is changing the way it monitors pregnant women following the death of a baby born there last year. The hospital has admitted failing to check for a heartbeat within a reasonable amount of time, a move that Mohammed Beg and his wife believes cost them their daughter, Anna. Well, Mohammed joins me in the studio. Morning, Mohammed. Thank you for coming in. Thank you, too. Uh, so I should come a little bit closer to the microphone. And um, as I always say in these things, this is uh, really sad for your loss. And if, there's, if I ask anything that you don't want to answer, or if anything you feel is inappropriate, then just tell me and we'll move on. That's not a problem at all. Uh, Mohammed, can you tell us what happened with, with, uh, with your daughter? Uh, what is happened with my daughter it is horrific. We, it is unbelievable events that uh, still now we are in trauma and the LND hospital did not treat my wife and my daughter with respect and they let her die and we found that the hospital especially maternity unit is dysfunctional the our baby's death is was easily avoidable they didn't do nothing to prevent this death. Let's have a look. We've got, I've got bits of the report here. Let's go through some of this. Um, the independent external report was conducted by two independent clinicians from London, uh, and it reports that the midwife failed to check the fetal heart rate within a reasonable time frame. Um, and there were two women, uh, including your wife at the time, who were high-risk cases, and there was only one midwife to assess and prioritise. Not all the relevant blood tests were taken. There was a delay in fetal assessment for an hour that would cause increased distress and anxiety. Their call logs were not used correctly, which, which could have proved a problem with looking at the case history. It's, and, and, and we have to say this, the report um, says, it's not known if the delay in monitoring the heart rate impacted on the outcome but some, some service delivery and care delivery problems have identified learning, lessons have been learned, from the maternity services. Um, what do you make of the report, Mohammed? I was shocked. This report of external investigation review team, because this report is not different than first one. This is the second copy of the cover-up. There is nothing new they added. They are saying same thing. They didn't investigate the proper way. They didn't invite us to take our concern what actually we experience in the hospital. They just make the copy from previous investigation and they paste it and they put it in other way and in different languages. Mm. But the, they didn't uh, investigate the why the midwife sent my wife falsely and telling if you stay in hospital, nobody will check your baby, nobody check you. They didn't investigate. 
This midwife follow the NSA's guidelines, what they say in, in their basic minimum uh, safety requirement mm -hmm. for to assess the, uh, the pregnant woman. They didn't investigate that one. And how they assess my wife in this uh, uh, labor assessment, they complete that assessment within 10 to 12 minutes. I ask them, can you demonstrate that one student midwife and one junior student midwife can complete their assessment within 10 to 12 minutes mm. for one pregnant woman who is in labor. They can't demonstrate it. Mm. So how the quality and, and the service they provide, it is unsafe. So, and how they behave with my wife, they didn't follow the minimum standard of NSA's guidelines and, and, uh, and they, they avoided that investigation. They didn't ask the midwife and management how they assess this patient. Is this proper way? It is safe way they, they assess my wife? Mm. And they didn't write it down that my, my wife has a, had a heavy bleeding. Mm. They didn't test the urine. And that investigation is not coming in the investigation report. So how they complete their investigation without the crucial point, where is the bleeding, heavy bleeding when was there, why they didn't put in the document? Because they didn't put in the document. If they put in the document, there is a heavy bleeding, then my wife is in high risk. So they don't want to put that. So they misuse the system, their authority, and they trust them and the, and the hospital people will trust. There is no check and control that what they have written down in the document is the correct and they write it down proper way or not. Mm. So I am concerned seriously that attitude and action of the midwife is very, very serious. And, and we our community people feel we are not safe in that hospital if they didn't change their mm. system and attitude of the world. What do you think does need to change then? Of course, of course, of huh? course, it is need change. And, and, and the, the Luton community people are very concerned. After our incident, we speak a lot of family. Every family, somewhere, they lost their baby last five years. And I got information from the Luton Dunstable Hospital that since 2011 to 2015, there is a 192 baby has born in that hospital. And it is shocking news. And I think the health department and um, uh, uh, Minister of Health Secretary should investigate mm. that one. How is possible to so many babies born in the Luton and Dunstable Hospital and our babies that should to be investigated and mm. in public inquiry. What impact has uh, the death of Anna had on you and your wife? This is horrific. We was a happy couple. We always happy, was bright. They destroy our lives. They didn't only kill our baby. 
the address well, to I, I'm just I'm just going to um, move the word kill out of the way because that that would is potentially a, a litigious word. They, the, the, the hospital didn't kill the baby. That's not the finding of the reports, and you'll understand why I'm saying that to protect yes, us I understand. From, uh, a very uh, costly uh, uh, legal case. The statement from Luton and Dunstable Hospital says they are truly sorry that uh, baby Arnon was stillborn. They say, as with any unexpected death, we are committed to taking any learning we can from this serious incident. We have introduced improved systems and processes in our maternity unit. Um, sorry, you were telling us the impact it's had on you and your wife. Of course, sir. Of course, they destroy our life. We can't concentrate our work. We can't concentrate our life. We can't enjoy it. We are traumatized totally. Last four years, we didn't go the GP one at every single day. But after that incident, we should to go every week. Mm. So now you can imagine how affect that incident in our health, in our... Uh, in, in uh, communicate in in, uh, in social environment, so we are totally, totally, uh, totally destroyed. Mm. We don't know we can return our previous life. Mm. It's a very powerful story, Mohammed. Again, uh, you know, I'm genuinely sorry for your loss. I really appreciate you coming in this morning, and I wish you and your wife the best of luck in uh, in you know whatever direction life takes you. Thank you. Thanks very much for coming in. Thank you. This is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. Oh three four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number. If you want to give us a call, you can send us a text eight one three double three. Start your text three CR. Hey, you can email as well. I know, ian.lee at bbc.co.uk. Hey, Lorraine's got an interesting text. Um, what's your name? Catherine. Did you just call me Lorraine? No, I said Lorraine's got an interesting text. What's your name? Catherine. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I can't see it. Can you not? Hey, guys. Any idea why Helos... Oh, that. Is that's Greek for helicopter. The helicopters. There were the helicopters flying low over the Flitic Manor and nearby houses for an hour, an hour at 1am. Boss, I've gone from the Greek to Spanish. No, you've not. I'm Granish. I'm Screek. I'm both. I'm half and half. I'm like Cat Stevens, but he was half a Greek and half a Swedish. Was he? Yes, he was. Well, That's why he's so beautiful. No, I haven't got any idea. OK, well, I'm, I'm sorry we couldn't help there. 03459 555. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M1, it's stop-start southbound between Junction 12 for Flittick and 9 for Redbourne. On the M25, it's very slow anti-clockwise between Junction 21 for the M1 and 16 for the M40. And in Borehamwood on the A1, there are queues southbound between the Holiday Inn and the Stirling Corner. In Beckerfield, it's busy too on Amersham Road. It's slow from Longbottom Lane towards London Road. And the A1 is busy southbound from the St. Neots Junction towards the Black Cat Roundabout. Looking at the train departure boards, there are no delays showing up at the moment. Samantha Brough, BBC Three Counties Radio. That's easy for you to say. 7.15. Tuesday the 10th of November, I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A year after a baby girl was stillborn at Luton and Dunstable Hospital, the authorities say they are committed to learning from the death. 
The chief executive of Luton-based EasyJet has urged a number of airports around the world to tighten their security in the wake of the crash in Egypt. And Bedfordshire Police will have to wait for another year for news on funding after the government admitted they'd muffed it up. BBC Three Counties Radio. We all know that the weather can be sunny and bright in one place and just down the road it's blowing a gale. Which is where BBC Weather Watchers comes in, your chance to join the nation's favourite conversation and share the weather where you are. A new website that lets you tell the nation and your neighbours exactly what's going on. Your neighbours will know what the weather is, they're your neighbours! Build a unique record day by day. You'll hear the latest from Weather Watchers on BBC Three Counties Radio. And you may even see your picture at 6.30 on Look East on BBC One. To become a BBC Weather Watcher, simply sign in online at bbc.co.uk slash weatherwatchers. BBC Make It Digital. And on BBC Three Counties Radio. Listen, the way things are going, I won't be here for much longer. So, uh, the, the, the neighbours will know what your weather is because they are your neighbours and uh, they have um, these big glass rectangles in the walls of their house that point outwards and they can see. Mm-hmm. Oh, what's it? Oh, we're celebrating the magic of the sausage roll and a sausage roll has just appeared. Is this... Uh, who's, uh, which, which kind, kind spirit has been good enough to send us these? J-Dog. J-Dog. Naughty, naughty, naughty J-Dog. Thank you, brother. Now, the, the, the cruel thing is, I'm going to be eyeing that Greg's up um, for the next 13 minutes because I haven't got an opportunity to ever chomp down on it. I'm not good, I can't play the littlest hobo or anything like that. There's no news going on. So, um, I, I, I mean, although saying that, we're having trouble getting our next guest. So, mm, uh, mm, no. Uh, no, Lorraine, we don't know why there were hilos um, flank over the flutic manor. At 1am in the morning, I was too busy making love to a beautiful lady. I did not notice it was hilos. Um, so we don't know. If anyone knows, I'm, I, I, I'm going to... I'm making this up, Lorraine. I suspect there was a crazed psychopath running around that area. I don't know. I don't know, so don't don't hold me to that. But it's probably probably a psychopath running around the area. Morning, Den. Good morning, Commissioner. Commissioner Dennis, I'm eating a sausage roll. I hope you've got something long and boring to talk about. No, I haven't. I'm just saying. Let me turn this rubbish radio. Up. This is a rubbishy program I've got on here at the moment. Oh, but I'm in the road. No, uh, this sausage that they're doing in the states. It's not one of those bloody boiled things that they put in a bun, is it? Uh, I mean, oh, those is... those are hot dogs. I know, but they don't know what a sausage looks like. Here's... Uh, are you going to show them? Here's a question, Dennis. Yes. What is broiling? Broiling is when you boil the damn thing. Is that right, Catherine? No. Yeah. No, broiling is... That, that would be boiling, but they broil things over in the, in the States. Isn't it roasted? Yeah. Excuse me? Roasted. Outrageous. Danny, what's broiling? It's when you broil something. Fuck. Goodness sakes! That's right, boil. They don't. Some no. I don't think don't, you're not agreeing with a twelve-year-old, Dennis. Yes, if he knows what he's talking about. He ain't got a clue. <laughs> thanks, right. thanks for your call, Dan. Always good. Always, always a pleasure to um, to know that you're still breathing. Um, oh three four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number if you want to give us a call now. Tenants from a block of flats in Abbots Langley claim their housing association is forcing them out of the homes they've lived in for years. 
Thrive Homes owns the flats in Summerhouse Way and they plan to knock down the existing site to build more up-to-date accommodation. Well, Tony O'Reilly lives there and is a spokesperson for the residents. Morning, Tony. Good morning, Ian. How are you? Uh, yeah, good, thank you very much. Um, what's going on? Um, well, basically, we're being told that Thrive Homes intend to knock down the 24 flats which we occupy in Summerhouse Way to make, for, make way for... Um, affordable housing. Um, they're basically saying that they've consulted with us and that we're, you know, their statements are saying that we're quite happy when we're not happy about it at all. Have they consulted with you? Um, we've we've gone into the consultation process. Um, we we we've had a meeting with Thrive Homes um, back in the um, one there with me one minute. What date was it? Um, back on the 24th of August, we had a meeting with them. At that point, they told us that there was no definite plans in place and that it was purely a it was purely a consultation meeting yep. to find out how we felt about it. Subsequently, we found out that they have actually had a grant in place for some considerable time to actually carry out redevelopment of the flats. Yeah? Oh. Yeah, so, so we, we, we as, a, as a group of tenants, we do not feel that there's been full and open disclosure in this matter. Um, OK, uh, I mean, it, it is still a consultation period. This, is, this, isn't the, this has not been announced as a definite plan yet, is that right? Well, well as far as Thrive Homes is concern, are concerned, they're pushing it. Yeah. Uh, they're pushing it that this, is, that this is a done deal. They're telling us to sign up to her. Um, homes choices to actually um, to choose when when we sign up to Hertz uh, homes choices we we're prompted to choose option four which is actually an option that says is your home um, due for redevelopment or demolition and we're being told to choose that yet no planning application has been submitted nothing has been verified to us in writing to say this is definitely going ahead we just feel like we're they're just riding roughshod over the top of us. Um, what happens if you don't decide to register and you'll just go, no, we're staying? I suppose you, you can't do that because it's housing association homes, aren't they? You don't own them. Um, we don't own the homes. Now, I've lived in this particular flat for 18 years and I've, I, I come from Abbots Langley. Um, I'm very you know well-established in the area. It's a thriving community. Everyone helps everyone else. We all know each other. But... Um, the long and the short of it is, if we sit tight, I'm, I'm sure that Thrive Homes wouldn't hesitate to get the bailiffs in and chuck us out. Um, yeah, and this is this is the thing. I mean, it's you know, you say you've been there for 18 years. These these are your homes. Um, you well, will I'm, be given new homes. Like, and I, I hope this doesn't sound flippant. It will sound flippant, but I don't mean it to. You you will be given new homes. None of you will be made homeless, will you? It's just that they might be. Well, they could be anywhere. Let, let me let's put it this way. Basically, we're told to we've been told to sign up to uh, Hearts Home Choices. I think it is. It's a website, and it's, we're, we're we're having to, you know we we have got assured tenancy which were passed over from the council mm. at the point of transfer. Yeah, from council to housing association. Mm-hmm. Now we told that we have to bid for our homes. We are not making ourselves intentionally homeless. 
Why should we bid for homes when we are not making ourselves intentionally homeless? Majority of people in these flats work. We're working people. And social housing has been the backbone of this country. And now, basically, organisations like Thrive Homes are going, are going to be allowed to come in here, just turf us out the door and say, oh, go on this website, you can bid for properties. They haven't got the properties. That's what it boils down to. There are no properties. Thrive it's- Homes are coming on a little bit later on in the show. What would you yeah. like to uh, say to them or ask them? Um, basically, I'd like them to answer... Um, where, where do they propose to put 24 families, considering that um, in, a, in a statement that was produced by Three Rivers District Council in October 2014, um, I've just got to find this, there are 656 families waiting to be rehomed. Well, th- Thrive Homes... Um, uh they don't need to address that issue, do they? That's that's not their problem, is it? That's the housing association's problem. Thrive Homes is the oh, is it? Oh, right, okay. Thrive Homes is the housing association. Right, okay, basically, okay. Basically, we're having to sign up to the housing register, which is held by Three Rivers District Council. So effectively, Thrive Homes are saying, "Oh, there you go, Three Rivers, you deal with them. We're just going to build our nice fancy flats." We're going to triple. We're literally going to treble the income that we receive from this area of Summer House Way, and throw these people wherever. If if it definitely happens, because it, it it isn't a, it isn't a done deal yet. No, but as far as Thrive Homes are concerned, they're trying to push the point yeah. that it is. Well, yeah. All right. Well, they're going to be on in about an hour's time. I'm I'm assuming you'll be listening. I I, I appreciate your thoughts this morning, Tony. Thank you very much. Thanks for your time. Mate. Cheers. Thanks a lot. Good luck. Good luck to everyone. Um, you don't want people getting kicked out of their homes. Um, you know, uh, you don't want people getting kicked out of their homes. Thank you, Tony. 03459 555. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. If broiling was boiling, then um, it would be called boiling, yeah, Catherine it, Broyle. It, it's not, though. It seems to be, and this is from Janet and Cheshunt, seems Morning, to be co- Janet. cooking under the grill. Just say it nice and slowly. All right. No, that's grilling. No, because grilling to an American would mean barbecuing. No. Oh, flipping it. I've got to wade in now. All enough. right, no. Or I'll got read you another one. Kim in Ellsbury says, Ian Lee, broiling means grilling in the US. No, well, that's stupid. Well. What, 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 that's, that's grilling. Although they, they well, oh, Hang on a minute, hang on a minute. Is this the one I want? It's disgusting. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. This is what we want. I've got a mouthful of sausage. And I I really, really have. Wasn't it delicious, though? um, I've not finished. I've got plenty more to go. Mm. Um, Okay, so uh, what's aluminum? Aluminium. But why? Because we are a... um, People divided by common language. It's stupid. It's stupid. And I, I well, I, I tell you why I hate myself. Because when I go to America, I speak their pony language. You have to, otherwise they don't understand. Excuse me, uh, excuse me, sir. I mean, I like the English. I become a Hugo. Um, uh, excuse me. I was wondering if you um, could possibly direct me to the uh, the nearest mailbox. I've got, mm. I've got mail. You know, my sister lived there for a while. She would find herself in restaurants asking for water. Because in the past she asked for water and was brought a wafer. What? A waffle. What? And at one occasion, I think, another waiter. Still, it's the best, it's the best country in the world. 
everyone that knocks it's big. A, everyone that knocks America, well, you've not you've not been to the right place because it's everything. It's a continent. Best parts of America. Yeah. Boston. Um, okay, the, the Boston parts of America. All right, Boston. Which parts of which parts of America are Boston? Boston. Yeah, I know. Which parts of Boston? I like Boston. Oh, you mean the place Boston? Uh-huh. Boston is Boston. Sam Planck's disco. Okie dokie. You're just saying silly things now to Phil, and that's fine. No, I like I like San Francisco. It's yep. cool. Nob Hill. There's a vibe. Yeah, definitely. Nope, nope. And New York. I like New Although York. Although it's clean now. I've, I've been to the edges. I've not been to the middle. I wish I'd seen 80s New York, the one that got oh, shown no. in like Crocodile Dundee and No, that. mate. No, 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 no. You wouldn't have come out alive. If you did come out alive, you'd have been a heroin addict junkie. According to the films, yeah. According to... I'd like to see uh, New York um, in the alternate timeline of Escape from New York with Snake Piffkin, <laughs> starring Kurt Russell. Now, there's a movie. What did you just call him? Snake Piffkin. I thought it was Pliskin. Oh, no, Snake Pifkin is from... Um, that's Metal Gear Solid, isn't it? No, that's Solid Snake. Who's Snake Pifkin, then? <laughs> what are you saying that for? Snake Pifkin. It's Pliskin. Snake Pifkin. <laughs> are you OK? Snake Pifkin is Have somebody... you got a bit of sausage stuff? No, 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 all right, then. All right, then. Instead of laughing, why don't you try and help? How do I spell Pifkin? <laughs> I'm going to Google it. Instead of... All right, you're, I'll tell you what you're like. There was a woman out, outside my branch of Barclays the other day lying on the floor. <laughs> that's fine, exactly. I'm not lying you on would the floor. Have, you would have laughed at that. I thought you were going to say I was like no, the no, woman no. lying on the floor. No, no, no. You're, I'm the woman lying on the floor. You would have laughed I at wouldn't. that I instead of being sure one she's... of those kind souls that gave up a few minutes of their time for some whingy old woman. No. Someone who banged her head. I would have helped her up first. I would have checked helped she's okay. Helped her up? Oh, what? You want to kill her? Supposing she had a brain aneurysm. You can't help them up. You've got to leave them there. You put a coat on them. You call 9999. Or you speak to them and say, what's happened? And she said, oh, I've just tripped. So you... You have got no. I'm telling you, Mike, for enough because that's actually dangerous advice. What? We're the BBC. We're not allowed to give dangerous advice. We've got to give sensible advice. Your microphone's going down. So I've got to leave it. Yeah, it's got to leave it there. You see an old lady in the street on the floor. You don't pick her up. You're right, love. You're right, love. Want me to call somebody? You want me to call somebody? Is there anybody? Meanwhile, your other hand's going in her back pocket to find where her purse is. It's a joke. It's a joke. Call an ambulance. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The A41 in Blackthorn slow in both directions at lower end where the roadworks are. It's also busy on the A1 southbound from the St. Neots Junction towards the Black Cat roundabouts. And on the motorways, stop start on the M1 southbound between Junction 12 for Flitick and 9 for Redbourne. The A1M's also very slow southbound from Junction 3 for St. Albans to 2 for Wellham Green. And on the M25, it's busy anti-clockwise between Junction 21 for the M1 and 16 for the M40. On the train departure towards, there are no major delays showing up at the moment. Samantha Brough, BBC Three Counties. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 7.30, I'm Simon Oxley. A year after a baby girl was stillborn at Luton and Dunstable Hospital, the authorities there say they are committed to learning from the death. Anna Begg died last November. Hospital managers met with the family yesterday to discuss the findings of a report into the baby's death. The chief executive of Luton-based EasyJet has said security needs to be tightened at a number of airports around the world in the wake of the suspected bomb attack on a Russian airliner over Egypt. Carolyn McCall said she believed passengers would happily accept an increase in checks. And Bedfordshire Police will have to wait for another year before a decision on funding. Controversial changes have been halted after the government admitted errors had been made in the calculations. 
Three Counties Sport. BBC Three Counties Radio. All our sides received away ties in last night's FA Cup second round draw. Wickham, Luton, Stevenage and non-league Chesham and possibly Boreham Wood will all be on the road on the first weekend in December. More from Jeff Doyle. After producing one of the shocks of the first round, Chesham's reward is a tough second round tie away to either Aldershot or Bradford. Luton Town will come up against Graham Wesley again as the Hatters head to his new club Peterborough from League One. Stevenage face the long trip to Yeovil, the team they play in League Two this weekend. Wickham have a difficult one away to Millwall and if Boreham would beat Northwich in their replay they'll be away to Northampton. The Bedford athlete Paula Radcliffe says Lord Coe must act to stamp out doping in the sport after the damning report calling for Russia to be suspended from next year's Olympics. Coe, the new head of World Athletics, says Russia must respond to accusations that it ran a doping programme for its athletes. Radcliffe says strong action needs to be taken. We're in a new chapter. We have a new president and he is having to make decisions. He is having to call on his council and really seriously look at the way the IWF is pulled together, the way that our anti-doping works if it means taking it out of IWF so be it the calls for change are going to come louder than ever and Seb will have to act and Lord Coe says Russia have been given until Friday I've asked the Russian Athletics Federation to answer those allegations by the end of this week I've asked my council colleagues to convene on Friday depending upon what we hear uh, in response to those allegations we will look at a range of options which include sanctions it could be the suspension of Russia. BBC Three Counties News and Sports. The next full bulletin is at eight. This is Ian Lee right. on BBC Three Counties Radio. With the greatest of respect, right? Sebco was always, I'm going to say, a wussy. Always. The 70s and the 80s. Ovet versus Co. Then cram muscled in towards the end. We were an Ovet family. Do you know why? We were working class and we were proud of it. And our council house in the Britwell Estate on Slough, Ovet, Ovet, didn't even like athletics. Uh, but we chose the bug-eyed, balding, muscular wonder over <laughs> Russia gives us stuff what Zbethinku says, I'm going to, um, I'm going to send Russia a very, very strong letter and they better answer these questions, otherwise we're going to look at all options, including sanctions. Russia couldn't give, Russia couldn't give us stuff about, so Russia invaded Ukraine and then blew up an aeroplane. They're not going to give us stuff about the missing coup. Now, if Ovet was dealing with them, oh, oh, they'd be worried. That comes leering at you out of the dark. Flipping heck, what's that? Like a sea monster. I don't think Russia are much bothered by anything. Of course they're not. Not the, the gentleman the, runner co. The bloke that is running Russia is nuts. He rides to prove he's not gay. He rides around on the back of horses, bareback with guns, shooting bears. Any butch though. He changed the entire Russian voting system. You're only allowed to be the premier for two seasons, two terms, right? So he, he did that. And then what did he become? He became, so he's the premier, and then he became the president, or he swapped jobs that's supposed to be a slightly less powerful job, but then he changed the rules so that that job was actually more powerful than the job he'd already been doing. It's nuts! He doesn't give a stuff what Sebovic says. Bear in mind that within a month, we're going to be going very close to the Iron Curtain. Oh, blimey. We're going to Slovakia, Slovakia. So Putin's all right by me. Before we go any further, I'd like to play a recording of show. You are very rude to uh, 
our, our good brothers and sisters, Raja. What is this, please? Put the, you got to put the electricals on his testicles. <laughs> and I'll say, fair enough. And I'll I say, never said you, anything. You'll say, where's mine? <laughs> where's my electricals, <laughs> guys? I'll say, you're doing it all wrong, I've got, I've got bits that are drooping. You want to put them on there? Sorry? Um, I mean, Lord Coe really is... Um, um, uh. Uh, he's a sorry. He really is. A, I, I, he's a smug, dull man, isn't he? Isn't he though? Really? Oh, I'm going I'm to have a word with Russia, and I'm going to send him a letter. They're not going to give us stuff. Elton John's going to have more chance of changing Putin than blooming um, the, 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 the Seb Co. I've got bits that are drooping. Mm. Oh three four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number. Shock horror! Hold the front page. Russian athletes may have taken drugs. You don't say. You don't say. I mean, you look at the the, the women shop putters. Some of them are bigger downstairs than I am. Of course, they're on drugs. Deary me. Oh, three, four, five, nine, four, double, five, five, double, five. Have we got any uh, Texas? Let's have a look. Okie dokie. There's one here from uh, Vladimir Putin. Oh, <laughs> I'm going to kill you. <laughs> yes. Kim and Ellsbury, it's snake pliskin in Escape from New York. You must have sausage between your teeth. Love, Kim. Okay. Isn't it interesting, says Snuffers, that when the BBC ditches the Met Office in a bid to cut costs, there's suddenly a new initiative for us all to report on local weather? Yep. Well spotted. Well spotted, that guy. Yes, you see what they've done there. Maffin Hanslow, Ian, can you just start to imagine how big the US sausage roll will be? There will be the new porker style, the slopsy joe, and the TV chefs will use herbs, all ridiculously herbs, pronounced. Use herbs, uh, the herbs. And uh, also pen school. Oh, yeah. Listen, guys, we've been banging on about pen school for a while. If you've got six million quid, my, my plan has worked. By talking about it so much, we've lowered the price. It's now for sale. Six million quid. We can buy it. We can turn it into luxury flats. We can make a few quid out of it. Why don't those people we were just talking to or club together? They can get six million quid. Do they? Mm. Oh, three, four, five, nine, four, double, five, five, double, five. Six million, eh? Oh, now Daniel's thinking about my droopy bits. Okay. Thanks very much, guys. These things happen. These things happen. Looking in the papers, there's not a lot. Um, there's not a lot in the papers, really. Oh, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Here we go. There's loads in the papers. What are you talking about, boy? Blind barber wins payout. Oh, I mean, really, there are there are some things where. Listen, I'm all for um, equal equalities, even for some of you girls. But there are there are some places when you just think no 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 no. A hairdresser has won sixty six thousand pounds after a tribunal ruled he was unfairly fired for being nearly blind. I mean, um, he's kind of. Well, I suppose you could do it by touch, can't you? Can't you? If, if he's been doing it for a long time. I've broken hairdressing convention. With my hairdresser Joe, when she does it now, right? She goes to pick up the mirror to show me the back of the neck. I said, whoa, Joe, where are you going with that mirror in your hand? Put it down. I don't want to see. Why? I trust her. I trust her to be able to cut the back of my hair properly. The front looks all right. The front looks good. Doesn't look good now. It looks a bit shaggy. But the front, when she does it, looks good. I go, Joe, what? why are you showing me the back? I trust you. And if I don't like it, 
what are you going to do? Stick some back on? So I don't, we don't do that anymore. I never see the back of my head anymore. Well. Yeah, broken convention. That's why you don't know she's... Oh, for crying out loud. Do people still do that? Do they still cut... Um, um... Ticks and that, yeah, they do. What? Ticks. Ticks. Wow. You know, a Nike. A Nike tick. She said ticks, Justin. Oh, yes, ticks. I don't, I don't, I don't I bet you've had. I bet you've had some designs in the back of yours. Um, yeah, well, when I was younger, um, I had uh, a few marks put in there, and uh, they, they weren't quite to my my taste, so I, I kind of did a bit of DIY at home, and it all went horribly wrong. What marks? Well, you know, shave it into the back of your head, a few lines and things like that. Yeah. It all went wrong. It all went wrong. Okay. Look out, Justin. Uh, Lord Coe's behind you, and he's furious. <laughs> uh, I mean, yes. really, if, if you could... He's furious with Russia, Justin. Yep. He's going to have a word with them, and if they don't respond to him in the way he likes, he's going to consider imposing sanctions. How is Seb Coe going to mm. ban Russia from the 2016 Olympics in Rio? They look at him, they think posh boy, and they laugh at him. What? Putin will pick him up with one leg. Uh, yep. um, the, the, Mr. Mr. Lodko, please apologise. Uh, I need to go. Let's have a discussion in uh, toilets in little boy's room, please. <laughs> he goes in there. There's five Russian guards in there. Yeah. <laughs> they pick him up by his feet and they put his head yep. down the toilet and flush it. They yep. all burst out laughing, sparking up fags in the toilet <laughs> as they're leaving. Because yep. it's not illegal in Russia, because they're hard. And Sebko reverts back to the 12-year-old little posh boy at private school, <laughs> where he sits on the toilet, crying, sucking his yep. thumb, and wishing his mummy was there to protect him. That is what happens And then you know you what happens? And then you hear a whistling sound and a chuckle. And the camera pulls out through an open window, and we see um, uh, Steve Ovette uh, just laughing as he walks away and then breaks into a jog, and then sprints the last 100 yards. Classic, classic racing. It's Chariots of Fire um, uh, 2 on the rocks. <laughs> this time Russia's in involved. Habit. There we go, you see. There we go, you see. That's what it is. Dealey. Yes, boss. The Americans have only just discovered the sausage rolls. No wonder I they've know. had no culture, no art, no history in that country. Before I play this, by the way, yes, sir. I've, I've just been tipped off about a message on Facebook, which is quite possibly my favourite ever post on Facebook. It says here, this is Joe Batham. He says, I've just been approached by somebody near the quadrant with a microphone, supposedly from the BBC, uh -oh. to ask me a few questions about the Sausage Roll Appreciation Day. I was asked how much sausage rolls mean to me <laughs> and have I got a sausage roll memory I would like to share. <laughs> I genuinely thought I was being pranked too early in the morning. I must have sounded like a right so-and-so. So yes, there you go. There is the evidence. We are out on the streets, genuinely talking about sausage rolls. I, I, so. I love it. I love it. Yeah. And that's why I love you, brother. You, you do go out and you ask real people real questions that no one else would dare ask. <laughs> no. Hands so the, off Radio 4. Yeah. He's ours. <laughs> so the Americans have now jumped on board. Some very weird messages on social media about sausage rolls. They are confused. We are celebrating the sausage roll on the streets. Here's what happened. <laughs> Uh, taking it to the streets with Day Dog, hashtag sausage roll. Where, where's the most exotic place you've had a sausage roll? Um, Bregs. Um, yeah. What, but where's the most exotic place you've had a sausage roll? The Isle of Wight. The Isle of Wight? Yeah. yeah. On the beach there, having a nice little sausage roll? Yeah. Carl, today we're celebrating the legendary, the magnificent, the beautiful sausage roll. What would you like to say? <laughs> um, I don't know. Um, it's very nice. <laughs> um, I don't know. 
We're talking about something which is world famous, and you're saying it's very nice. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, come on. No, um, it's not every day yeah. a radio station goes out into the streets to celebrate the sausage roll. <laughs> um, it tastes really nice. It's very, very succulent. Um, it breaks off in your mouth. John, we're celebrating sausage rolls today. Oh, I love them with tomato soup on the side. So. Can you imagine a world without? The sausage roll. No, I couldn't. They've always been about. I could not see if we ever run out of uh, pigs, and probably yes, if we never had the pig, then you would have the sausage roll. But you can't imagine no. not waking up every day and having a sausage roll with soup on the side. No, no, I wouldn't. No. They mean the world to you, don't they? Yes, they do. Yes, I take one when I go to football as well. So. A great guy. Today we're celebrating the sausage roll. What's your message to, to other people out there today? Enjoy your sausage rolls. Morning, sir. What's your what's your happiest sausage roll memory? Cornwall. Cornwall's the place to be. Take us back. Explain the setting. <laughs> it was a sunny day. We got a snack. Sausage roll. It was. Sausage rolls, oi! Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M25 anti-clockwise, it's very busy between Junction 21 for the M1 and 16 for the M40. It's also slow on the A1M southbound from Junction 8 for Hitchin to 7 for Stevenage. And it's stop-start on the M1 southbound from Junction 12 for Flitting to 9 for Redbourne. Also nearby on the A5 southbound in Markgate, it's very busy from Lynch Hill southbound towards the M1 at Junction 9 for Redbourne. And the A1's busy southbound from the St. Neots Junction towards the Black Cat Roundabout. Smart the Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Sammy. Thank you, Justin. Excellent stuff as always. 7.45, Tuesday the 10th of November. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The chief executive of Luton-based EasyJet has urged a number of airports around the world to tighten their security in the wake of the crash in Egypt. A year after a baby girl was stillborn at Luton and Dunstable Hospital, the authorities say they are committed to learning from the death and police and fire services in Buckinghamshire and Milton Keynes are set to share premises under a new agreement. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. It's a very mild start across all three counties. We had an exceptionally mild night last night and the temperature outside at the moment at around 15 Celsius. Now it's going to stay mild at least for the next couple of days. There's a lot of cloud around today. Potentially we could get a little bit of rain as well later on this afternoon but most places staying dry. Now looking at our Weather Watchers website, uh, we have got uh, various report cards this morning reporting a lot of cloud. There's not many leaves left on trees this morning following the wind yesterday. We're hanging on to the wind today as well. Now, one of those pictures, Bayford, uh, in Bayford by our weather watcher called Trees this morning, uh, showing that the wind has blown most of the trees off the leaves from yesterday. And it stays breezy today and indeed through tomorrow, just not quite as gusty as it was yesterday. The temperature later on this afternoon could reach 17 Celsius, so another mild day. Overnight, uh, it's still going to be mild. Any showers remaining or any rain remaining will disappear and it should be mostly dry. It's minimum temperature, not quite as mild as last night but still double figures across the board at 12 celsius for tomorrow mild and breezy again but should stay dry maximum temperature 15 celsius and that's your forecast 
every weekday morning. Isn't it nice to have a good discussion about things in a polite way? My opinion is... You make a very valid point. As long as the person can do the job, I don't care. Hence, I'm saying she's completely out of touch. It doesn't always happen like that, though, does it? Well, if you let me speak, I'll let you, I'll, I'll let you know what they are, then. Well, that doesn't prove that an accident's been caused, does it? The JVS Show. My big phone-in every morning from nine gets everybody talking. First of all, I congratulate you. got a very good topic on this morning. I'd like to share some experiences. I'm not going to respond to that statement because I find that quite inflammatory. The JVS Show, weekdays from nine on BBC Three Counties Radio. This is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. 03459455555. A new text messaging service has been launched to provide secondary school pupils in Hertfordshire with health advice. Chat Health has been rolled out to allow 11 to 19 year olds to seek advice confidentially. Linda Edwards is a specialist school health nurse. Uh, morning, Linda. How does this work? Morning. Morning. Um, how are you? You, you, uh, you don't want you don't want to know. Trust me, no, you don't no, want to know this morning. No. <laughs> well, how does this work? Right, OK. It works with um, with young people. You know, we, a lot of research has gone into finding how we can reach young people in schools. Um, and it works with a dedicated uh, mobile phone number young people have access to. We've really promoted it in our secondary schools in Hertfordshire, uh, that they can text into the dedicated number and it comes into um, a dedicated website called Chat Health. There's a school nurse on duty each day, Monday to Friday, that covers nine to five. And the messages come in and uh, it's received and we respond to those messages to that young person. So they could they could be texting for a, a wide range of issues. What kind of stuff will you be covering? Um, it's anything from friendship issues to maybe a little bit of, you know, if they're a bit worried about bullying or sexual health issues, like the older teenagers for healthy eating, for issues around family life. Uh, it could be exam stress or any kind of stress, things like that. So a, a right, wide range of issues that we can um, help give them advice and support or signpost them to relevant um, other agencies that could help them. So why, that's, why are you doing this, Linda? Where did this idea come from? Well, it originally came from Leicestershire um, NHS Trust, who who started the service, and Hertfordshire, Hertfordshire Community NHS Trust was an early adopter of that service. So we had five pilot schools from March up until September, when the whole service went countywide through all our secondary schools to reach young people of 11 to 19 years of age. Uh, it was found because um, you know texting, mobile phones are very, very commonly used for young people and uh, it's a, just a good way for young people to get in touch with us, um, even though we are in schools, in and out of schools. But if we're not there, they can still get hold of a school nurse and ask for some advice and help and support. And there's evidence so that, that young people are going to do this, is there, that they're, 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 yeah, they're going to yeah, get involved? There is, there is evidence. Um, you know, it's... Um, we have found since we started, we did the pilot and we were getting more and more uh, texts in. And since September, we have been getting a lot more messages from um, young people with lots of different um, issues. Uh, there was a survey done in Leicestershire of more than 2,000 young people 
um, more than 80% of young people in that age range do own a smartphone and they can download apps, things like that, use texting. And, you know, it is found to be um, an effective, effective service to reach our young people. Well, I wish you the best of luck with it, Linda. It's, uh, you know, as many outlets as we can give young people to uh, reach out for help has yeah, to be applauded. Absolutely. And to raise our school nurse profile in um, for Hertfordshire Community NHS Trust, you know, we're always looking to do that. So, uh, you know, it's thank you for the opportunity to speak on, uh, well, your, do, on your show. Do, do we, should we give, it, do we give out the number now? Is it up and ready to go yet? Or are we still kind of waiting? No, we have got the number out. Give us the um, number. Yeah, OK. Let me just get it for you. Thank you. So uh, the number, the text number that we use is 07480 635050. Okay. And that's, that's a dedicated number for, for our young people to text into for um, our school nurse chat health service. All right, brilliant. Linda, listen, well done. Thank you very much indeed. Very best of luck with it. I hope it uh, is a successful project. 03459 455 555. Let's press button five and see what happens. Oh, it's this one. On FM, AM, online and digital radio. This is Ian Lee. On BBC Three Counties Radio. Any Texas? Don't read that one from Phil. <laughs> we can only sail so close to the wind, I think. No, I won't. Uh, OK, uh, Janet and Chesant's had bad experience with sausage rolls. Whoa, what the heck? How is that even possible? It was my first year at secondary school, says Janet. For the first three cookery lessons, I made sausage rolls. Wasn't keen at the start, won't touch one at all now. That was the early 60s. No, th- She's not had a sausage roll since the early 60s. Um, well, well, that's that's incorrect data. You, you should be you should be tucking right in there. Just don't make them. Waste of time. James in <clears> Wolverton. <throat> Co is like the substitute teacher that everyone made cry in school. No one will listen to him. He doesn't stand a chance against the Ruskies, does he? Of course he I mean, does. Who does? They won't listen doesn't. to Obama. They're not going to listen to Seb Co. Trevor's on the line. Morning, Trev. Morning, Ian. What you got for us, boss? Um, I just listened to the weather reports. Yes, sir. A couple of three minutes ago. And um, she said most of the trees have been blown off the leaves. What the heck? Surely yeah. she means um, a, a t'other way round. Yeah, that's right. When was the last time, Trev, we had a really good storm that blew down trees? It's been <sighs> a while, isn't it? It's been a while. I remember, was it 86, the big one? And no, I rem- 87, 80, it was in 1987 with a hurricane. Are you a weather watcher? No. You should be. We moved to Seven Oaks in Kent. Oh, that was your fault. Yes, well, that's right. And um, Michael Fish said, don't worry, folks, there won't be a hurricane, and it happened that night. Boom. Destroyed him. Destroyed him. Um, It was a good one, though. I remember walking around where I used to live in... um, I used to live in Farnham Common. I was almost local then. And um, near Burner Beaches. And used to... I walked around and saw the uh, devastation that had been wrought. It was exciting. Well, I tell I tell you what, Ian. Go on, Trev. We, I say we went to Seven Oaks that day. Yes, boss. And it, the hurricane happened that night, and nobody in the area where we lived. It was actually um, we were at uh, Princess Diana's old school, West Heath School. What were you doing there? Working. Oh, okay. I thought you just went like stalking her or something through time. No, no, we lived no. there. No, okay, we okay, lived all, right. There. all right, lovely. And um, we nobody in the area could. Um, uh, drive anywhere, you know, couldn't yeah. go out in their cars for three weeks because of all the trees down. I love it, right, when the weather, because it shows yeah. how weak we are, how powerless yeah. we are over our environment, when the weather means you can't get to work or you can't leave work. You know, I would, right. I, would lo- I would love it if after the show today, 
It was yeah. thick snow out there. You'd have you'd have a few minutes of panic and frustration, and you'd look at the car. You'd go, "I think I can make this work," and right. then t- ten minutes later, you go, "I'm stuck." Boss, hotel, please. And they've got some cracking hotels uh, about 50 miles away from Dunstable. The ones here are, are, are you know, atrocious. Although, yeah. we, we went and stole... Um, do you remember, Catherine? The other week, we went and stole a hotel breakfast. We wandered oh, into right. a hotel, me, Catherine and my mate. Right. We are going to have breakfast buffet, right? And right. Then we're, we're they, gonna, were, they were residents. They were, we were going to pay for it, and then there was no one there. There was no one to yeah. pay. There was no one to pay breakfast buffet. That's but it. it's it's nice that feeling when you you're stuck where you are because of the, because the snow is is two foot deep you can't do anything. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Trevor. Uh, oh, well, I'll let I'll let you go now. <laughs> what Trevor means is I've been bored for the last two minutes. I'm off. Thank you, Trevor. I My appreciate granddad the used to say that when he got fed off of talking on the phone. I love it. I love it. The, 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 and I, I, this this should be a new thing in in uh, phone in radio. Uh, the host always cuts people off. Oh, oh, you always cut people off. Well, I have to, otherwise we'll be here all day, right? You know, you always cut people off. I let them have their say, and then I, 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 you know, I don't cut them off. I'm not like um, who's the the tubby brummy? What's his name? I can't remember his name. Good, uh, who just cuts people off because he hasn't got the brains or intelligence to argue with people. You know, the fellow that used to work here and is, is a complete and utter muppet. Oh. Sounds like um, um, uh, sooty and sweet. He hasn't got the brains or the intelligence to have an argument with people, right? So pe- it, people will say something he disagrees with, he cuts them off, and then he, he spends the next 10 minutes slagging them off. Tough guy. I'll have, I'm happy to have an argument and maybe have my point of view changed or not. But um, we should have, there should be a phone-in show where it's the listeners. So the host just has to open the fader and it's there. And then the listeners have to decide, I'm bored of this now, bye! <laughs> then they put the phone down. I miss as well the good slamming of the phone because everyone's causing on mobiles now. You can't you can't slam down a mobile. There should be an app, a mobile app. You can have this. I wouldn't charge more than sixty nine p. I'd pay sixty nine. I wouldn't pay ninety nine. No. But an app that means that when you press the the disconnect button, it it makes, it makes the sound, sound of a. Sound. Have you got a phone there? Yeah. Slam it. Slam it. No. It's a mobile oh, phone. Crying out loud. You've got one there with a the cradle, right? Yeah, I know. Can we get this phone to work? Because this phone, if we can get this phone to work... Oh, I've broken my screen. Anyway, this noise. I've broken my screen, guys. What? Uh, there we go. There we go. There we go. I fixed, fixed it. it. I fixed it. I fixed it. It wasn't that broken, it turns out. I, I think I'd knocked the... Uh, I say I've fixed it. Energy Star is not my screensaver of... Um, there it is. We're back in. Ladies and gentlemen, we're back in the room. Well, that was... Um, Tense for a second. Well, that was dull for me. I can only imagine how tedious it was for you guys. Oh, three, it's your fault. You've not called in. Imagine being a phone-in host, arrogant enough to berate the listeners for not calling in. <laughs> now, I'm not saying this lightly. Oh, three, four, five, nine, four, double, five, five, double, five. Let's get the trap. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M40, there's a lane closed into London just after Junction 2 for Beaconsfield because of an accident involving three cars, which is causing delays. And also it's slow on the A40 Western Avenue from the M40 at the Denham Roundabout towards Gypsy Corner in Acton. On the M1, it's slow southbound from Junction 10 for Luton Airport to 9 for Redbourne. It's also busy in Luton on Vauxhall Way between Hitchin Road and Crawley Green Road. And in Clophill on the A6 Bedford Road, it's very slow from the back street towards A507. On the trains, there's no reported problems at the moment. Samantha Braffby. BBC Three Counties Radio. Sammy, thank you very much indeed. Sausage rolls and um, okay, let's play the game. Who's um? Can we find anybody limper than Lord Sebastian Coe? I don't think we can, can we? He's he's um, 
He's like Lord Snoot. He's like um, uh, Walter the Softy. That's who he's like, isn't he? And with, I say that with respect. Spare. Um, really? But um, uh, yeah, can we find anybody limper? He's taking on the Russians. Oh, I bet they're scared. <laughs> I bet they're terrified. Oh, I'm doing a joke. I bet they're... Um, Petrisky. Pet... Petrois... No, no. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 8 o'clock, I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines, EasyJet boss calls for better airport security, bereaved father's anger at L&D report, and police and fire services to share premises in Buckinghamshire. BBC Three Counties Radio. The chief executive of Luton-based EasyJet has said security needs to be tightened at a number of airports around the world in the wake of the suspected bomb attack on a Russian airliner over Egypt. Carolyn McCall said she believed passengers would happily accept an increase in checks. She was speaking to the BBC's business editor editor Carmel Ahmed. Karen McCall told the BBC a bomb on board a plane was the issue that kept airline chief executives awake at night. She said strengthened airport security would be welcomed by passengers despite warnings it could lead to higher costs and longer security checks. It's a very specific message about certain airports around the world and this will be a global thing, not just a, you know, an Egyptian thing or a North African thing, or it's a global thing. And I think passengers will be happy about that and I think airlines will support that because no one wants a security threat. Ms McCall apologised to EasyJet passengers who have found themselves delayed for days. She pledged they would all be home by the weekend. A year after a baby girl was stillborn at Luton and Dunstable Hospital, the authorities there say they are committed to learning from the death. Anna Begg died last November. Hospital managers met with the family yesterday to discuss the findings of a report into the baby's death. The hospital says it has introduced improved systems and processes in the maternity unit, but Father Mohammed Begg isn't satisfied. I was shocked. This report of external investigation review team because this report is not different than first one. There is nothing new they added. They are saying the same thing. They didn't investigate in the proper way. Police and fire services in Buckinghamshire and Milton Keynes are set to share premises under a new agreement. The news was announced on the same day that public consultation ended into plans to do just that in Milton Keynes. The formal commitment has been signed by the Commissioner and the Chief Constable of Thames Valley Police, together with representatives for the fire authorities in Bucks, Berkshire and Oxfordshire. Bedfordshire Police will have to wait for another year before a decision on funding. Controversial changes highlighted by the county's Police and Crime Commissioner, Ollie Martins, have been halted after the government admitted errors had been made in the calculations. A group of residents in Abbots Langley say the worry over whether their flats will be demolished to make way for affordable apartments is making them ill. Thrive Homes, who own the flats in Summerhouse Way, have been consulting the tenants. Tenant Pat Butcher says the plans have upset a lot of people. We've all been like this. Down, depressed, whatever you'd like to call it, but at the end of the day, you know, if it goes ahead, it's very, very sad and, uh, you know, shame on them. 
That's all I can say. Shame on them. In sport, FA Cup giant killers Chesham were drawn away to Aldershot or Bradford in last night's second round draw. Luton will be away to Peterborough. Stevenage go to Yeovil and Wickham will be away to Millwall. And the Bedford athlete Paula Radcliffe says Lord Coe must act to stamp out doping in the sport after the damning report calling for Russia to be suspended from next year's Olympics. The weather, cloudy, breezy and mild. The chance of a shower, maximum temperature 17 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Thank you, Scott. He's um, he's slamming down his phone via um, a, a short video. Available online. If you're not following at Balcony Shirts, by the way, one of the few people that knows how to use Twitter. He's at his best when he's drunk and miserable. I mean, they're the best ones. He's at his worst when he's crying over spooky films like The Babadook. He gets a bit scared. But seriously, if you're not following at Balcony Shirts, you're not using Twitter correctly, guys. Busy show this morning. I say busy, I mean flaccid. Just, you know what it's like. Some days you, you, you go, you know what it's like. Sometimes you go to work. And you just, you know, you just don't feel up to it. I don't feel up to it today. I'm kind of, you know, painting by numbers. I'm phoning it in. Oh, there's an idea. There's an idea. There's an idea. If you want to phone it in, 03-459-455-555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, Catherine, uh, you uh, tweeted um, uh, d- your disappointment yesterday as a story that uh, that we've been covering a while. There was a, a, an interesting and, let's be honest, not unexpected twist. Tell us about Penn. Penn School um, is now on the website of um, an estate agent uh, offers £6 million. What's the estate agent? I want to have a look at it. Knight Frank. Knight. Do you want me to send you the link? Frank. Um, let's have a... Uh, yeah, go on. Go All on. right, I'll send you the link. Because... What's disappointing is that we've been ringing, oh, I've got it. I've got it. <laughs> ringing the administrators every week to see if there's any updates, and they've told us there isn't. Rare development opportunity near Beaconsfield, Buckinghamshire. For sale, freehold, available as whole or in lots. Imposing former Victorian school. Potential for alternative uses and redevelopment, subject to obtaining the necessary planning permission. 19 acres. The school site extends to an area of 7.69 hectares and has road frontage to Church Road and Hammersley Lane. The main school building fronting Church Road comprises an imposing four-storey ornate early Victorian building, originally constructed in 1847 as Sir Philip Rose's country estate. The main school building was later extended to the rear in the 1960s to provide additional two-storey interconnected educational facilities, comprising of classrooms, dining facilities and staff accommodation. Numerous outbuildings of various basic forms of construction surround the main school building, including ancillary storerooms, changing rooms, greenhouses, and a bothy. A what? A bothy. A bothy. What's a bothy? It's like an old sort of uh, shack shed thing, isn't it? I've got literally no idea. Yeah, that they'd have in the the Highlands of Scotland. I am in Scotland. I'm a wee lassie from Kilmarnock. I'm going to go to the bothy. I'm going to go to the bothy and want my bothy. The grounds include extensive landscape gardens, playing fields and a rubber mulch surface playground. Six million pounds. Wowzers. Well, it's galling to us, because we've been covering the story a lot. Must be even more galling to Julie. She had a son at Penn. Morning, Julie. Hiya. Um, 
Well, there's a, a delightful advert for what looks like a magnificent property. What are, what are your thoughts on the, the Penn School now being uh, available for around six million quid? And, oh, what a surprise. If you get the planning permission, you can turn it into flats. Yeah, I'm absolutely gutted about that because that, that was one of the main things the administrators sort of said all along was that it can only be used as an education facility or... Um, at like a care home, um, and now they're basically opening it up to anyone, really, by the sounds of it, um, which, you know, breaks my heart, really, because it was being run as a, a wonderful school for our children, and I feel that this was always going to be the outcome. You know, I feel that they, this is what was always in mind. They always wanted to have it up for sale. Um, you know, they're now going to clear off their debt and there is going to be, you know, as they've said themselves, going to be money remaining. Um, I personally feel as parents we, you know, really should know what is going to happen to those proceeds from when they've cleared off their debt. Don't you worry. We are going to be following the money very, very close. Yeah. And again, we're not suggesting that there's anything improper or anything dodgy going on, but we will certainly, uh, you know, be following um, the money. It's gutting, yeah. isn't it? We were all very upset when we saw this uh, uh, yesterday. Yeah, I, I was devastated. I found out on Sunday and right. it can just upset me all day. Um, you know, because it just sort of brings everything back. What happened in July, it was an absolutely terrible time in July. And, you know, it, you know what can you say to that? It's a really stinky story. This, um, uh, we, we all kind of suspected that this was going to be the case at yeah. some point. Again, not implying any impropriety or any dodginess going on, but this is, is the way the story was going to play out. How's your boy doing now, Julie? Do you know, he's, he's getting there. He's, Brilliant. You know, he's been very stressed out. Yeah. Um, we've had a hideous few months, um, but due to the absolutely fantastic support that I've actually you know, been given and, you know, for him and all the hard work that everybody is doing for him, he's getting there and he's actually starting to calm down now, which is just, you know, great because, you know, seeing your child so unhappy. Oh, it's heartbreaking, isn't it? And believe me, I will never forget it. I will, it will stay with me for a long time seeing my son like that, you know. Definitely, there is a lot of shame on a lot of people, I feel. Julie, listen, I wish you the very, very best of luck. I'm I'm really glad to hear that things are starting to turn a corner for you and your boy, and it will get better, and you know it will get better, but you're right, as a parent, when you see uh, your kid uh, struggling, and and particularly when it's, it's hard either because of age or because of a medical condition, to explain things to them, you could perhaps explain to to, to an older child or a, a child that has you know slightly more world uh, weariness about him. It, it's heartbreaking, and I'm yeah. sure you're doing an absolutely cracking job. And he's yeah, he, and he's he, lucky he, to have you. He he still keeps asking me whether he's going to be you know whether Penn's going to be opening again. Well, Julie, I don't know how much money you've. Got. I don't know how much we could raise as a mortgage between us. Do you do you reckon <laughs> you if if we split it we could get to six million quid? Mm, not pushing likely. it a bit, pushing it a bit. <laughs> Yeah, Julie, I appreciate you coming on. Again, best oh. luck with you and your boy. Um, and uh, we will we will follow the money, don't worry. Thank you so much. It's really sort of nice to speak to you again. Actually. Nice to speak to you too. It's, it's, uh, it, it's uh, heartening to hear that things are turning around uh, for, for you and your boy. We will follow the money, guys.
Don't you worry. We may not speak about it for a while, but we will keep an eye on this. Now, the Luton and Dunstable Hospital says it's committed to learning from the death of a baby girl who was stillborn a year ago. Anna Begg's parents believe their daughter would have lived uh, if there wasn't a delay in receiving treatment. Following an investigation, the hospital admitted it failed to check for a heartbeat in a reasonable amount of time. An independent review found a placenta abnormality was the likely cause of the stillbirth. Well, Andrew Cantor from Welling Garden City set up the National Maternity Support Foundation after his son was stillborn. And he joins me now. Morning, Andrew. Good morning, Ian. How are you? Yeah, I'm fine. Thank you very much. The National Maternity Support Foundation, what does that do? Well, it's really there as a charity to support parents through their pregnancy journey. Um, <clears throat> obviously, you referred to Jake being stillborn uh, around 10 years ago now. So uh, we obviously went through that terrible um, situation. But, you know, through that, you learn so much. And uh, we've been able to um, share that learning and pass it on to um, parents that have gone through a very unfortunate situation, similar to uh, the family we're, we're talking about today. Well, and our hearts do genuinely go out to to the family because we know how, how difficult it is. It's interesting, isn't it? I um, In our NCT class, gosh, Six years ago, where did that time go? Over six years ago, we had a young lady there who, um, it was her second baby, and her first baby had been um, stillborn. Mm. And it was something that I'd never really considered. And um, when you talk to a parent who has lost a child like that, um, it, 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 it's, it, it's such a loss, isn't it? It's, it's the loss of a child. And so, I think some people don't understand that because you've not experienced living with that child, you know, having that child as part yeah. of your, your everyday life, they kind of think, you know, d- d- people had said to her, oh, well, you can try again. Well, um, exactly, yeah, yeah and, 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 and people don't mean that in a cold way. They just fail to understand, you've lost a child. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. You, d- you don't realise the impact until, mm. until it does happen, and, and it's kind of the, the ripple effect. It, it's how it affects not just you, but your families, and, uh, you know, it, it kind of just, just really just has a, a profound implication on on that period of your life, and it, and it takes you know, a long time to, to get through that. And, and I suppose, you know, for me, that, that was a way of dealing with the whole bereavement, was, was to campaign, was to make changes. You know, similar to, we've heard the report today, you know, we're going, they're going to implement the changes. You know, we did the same 10 years ago. Uh, the protocols were changed, and, you know, I guess, you know, some of the frustration is that these changes may happen in a specific area, but they're not disseminated throughout the, the rest of the UK. But I, I hope the learning from today can, can be shared across the whole of the NHS to, to make now, sure this doesn't happen again. The phrase that always annoys me about so many things, and it, I, I just wondered, as um, a parent who'd been in this situation, what, what, what it meant to you. Lessons have been learnt. It's because well, it's, it's, yes, it's, you know, it's, it's taken... Hear, but, you know, you, you have to learn from things that, that don't, you know, you learn more from things that don't go right than things that do. But, you know, I think really from, from what we can see, you've got to listen to mum. You've got to listen to yeah. um, the people that know. You know, mum knows best, you know, that whole old saying, you know, and, and you turn up to the, to the hospital and it's very busy, um, but you've got to make sure that midwives know that they have to listen to the mum uh, because they invariably know it's their bodies isn't it it's their bodies and it's what's Absolutely. in their bodies and it's um <clears throat> I know we talk, it's something we talk about a lot, not just about uh, pregnancy, but also, you know, when children are, are, are getting older, that um, as a parent, you know when your kid's not well. 
might might look fine, but you know that there's something wrong, don't you? And uh, yeah. it, it is so important for, for uh, hospitals uh, and doctors to listen to parents when they go in and say, look, I know he looks fine, there's something not right with him. That's right. Um, if people want to find out more, uh, Andrew, about the uh, National Maternity Support Foundation, have you got a website or something they can go yeah, and have a look at? Well, if they can just go to jakescharity.org and they'll find all the information there. Brilliant. I appreciate that. Really appreciate your time. Keep up the good work, Andrew. Thank you, mate. Thank you, Ian. There we go. Thank you very much indeed. 03459 455555. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M40 into London, there's been a three-car accident just after Junction 2 for Beaconsfield, so a lane's blocked on the way into London, and it's causing a delay from Junction 3 for High Wycombe East. Also, it's busy on the A40 Western Avenue from the M40 at the Denham Roundabout towards Gypsy Corner in Acton, and the M1 has queued southbound around Junction 12 for Flittick. On the A1M, it's very busy southbound from Junction 9 for Letchworth to 7 for Stevenage, and on the trains, Great Northern aren't stopping at Old Street because of a problem with the lighting at the station. Smelt the breath, BBC Three Counties. Thank you very much, Sammy. Right, so there we go. Right, there we go. 8.16. Um, it's Tuesday. Um, it's the 10th. And do you know what, guys? It's November. There are only nine more shopping days until Christmas. The chief executive of Luton-based EasyJet has urged a number of airports around the world to tighten their security in the wake of the crash in Egypt. A year after a baby girl was stillborn at Luton and Dunstable Hospital, the authorities there say they are committed to learning from the death. And police and fire services in Buckinghamshire and Milton Keynes are set to share premises under a new agreement. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Today, we'll be taking you on a journey through the last 20 years, which should take approximately four hours. Unfortunately, there's no duty-free available on the flight today, but don't let that spoil your fun. Enjoy your flight. Today, one of Bedfordshire's biggest businesses celebrates its 20th birthday. Good morning, welcome to EasyJet. Can I have your passport and your boarding passes, please? And I'll be live from the heart of their operations at Luton Airport, finding out why they chose Luton as their base from the very start and what they've got planned for the future. We can see Luton being the airport of the future for EasyJet and we want to make Luton Airport, you know, one of the leading airports in the UK. EasyJet's 20th birthday, today from three here on BBC Three Counties. Radio. This is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. So I was singing to myself, the microphone was off, and uh, I was singing to myself. And do you know what, guys? You missed uh, you missed a golden performance. But that uh, twenty seconds of me singing is was kind of like the fabled smile sessions by the Beach Boys, which are now released. So expect to hear them in about forty-seven years' time. <clears throat> A group of neighbours claim a Hertfordshire Housing Association is forcing them out of the homes they've lived in for years. Thrive Homes have been consulting current tenants about plans to knock down their flats in Abbott's Langley in order to build more up-to-date accommodation. Carol Butcher bought her flat from Thrive through the Right to Buy scheme in June. She says she's not going anywhere. I don't want to move at my age. I really don't want to. They do not know what they're doing to people. They're making people ill. Quite honestly, sorry. Don't apologise for getting upset. As I say, it kind of emphasises how much this means to everybody here, really. It does, it it means to everybody, because I say, 
where we can call on anybody if you're ill. And when you live on your own, you're very vulnerable. And as for coming back, they're telling us that we couldn't afford, well, not myself so much, because I don't know what's going to happen, but they're telling the, the other residents they won't be able to move back because the rents will be too high. Because everyone said, yes, knock them down, can we come back? No, it's not an option because the rents will be too high. So how do they know what people can afford? So this is, this is it. So I don't know what's going to happen. I don't, but it's very, very upsetting. Elspeth McKenzie is the chief executive of Thrive Homes. It's making people sick, Elspeth. I think I think that when there is a proposal to redevelop, obviously that engenders a certain level of uncertainty for the residents. It's making people sick. Um, which we, you know, we, we do appreciate that anxiety and that's why we're investing a lot of time and effort in trying to support people to uh, work out a good solution for their future housing needs. It's making people sick. I think that again, that's a you know, it's a natural reaction when there is change uh, envisaged. It's scaring old women. Well, we're not. That's not what we're setting out. To no, do. no, no, we're, no. I'm not saying you are. I'm not saying, we, not saying you are. But it's scaring old women, making them cry, and making them feel sick. How does that make you feel? I, it's clearly it's very distressing that, that anyone is, is suffering to that extent. How does that make However, you feel? As a, as a housing association, we have responsibilities both to our existing residents How does that but make also you feel? to increase... I mean, clearly, I sympathise with, with uh, Mrs Butcher. Um, you know, clearly from the piece you've just played, she is very upset. We are offering every support that we can to residents to help them to get through this she bought her challenging flat. period. Carol bought her flat... Challenging is an understatement. Carol bought her flat from you in June. Yes. She thought she was going to spend the rest of her life there. She's been stitched up a bit, hasn't she? She bought it in June. Well, I don't, I, I'm not sure that she's been stitched up. She exercised her right to buy, so she's, she's bought her property um, at a discount. Uh, we could not prevent her, obviously, doing that, irrespective of what our plans might be. You could have told um, her that you, that, that what your plans were. I don't know whether she was informed at the time. Did, did the you, you, knew the, you guys knew at the time... We knew we were contemplating. Right, and you, and uh, you, let, you let an old woman, <laughs> you let an old woman buy her property, even though you knew that you were contemplating knocking it down. As I've said, we don't have any ability to stop her exercising her right to did buy. Did you? Did you the tell decision, her? The decision. I, I have. I don't know what she was informed of at the time. Because if she, she was... wasn't told, that's well, that's. Just, if she, no, no, hang on a second. Hang on a second. Hang on a second. If she wasn't told. Mm. And you guys knew mm. that's disgusting, isn't it? Uh, isn't what it? I would say address is, that is address that situation... point, and then you address that point, and then you can go on and say what you're going to say. If you knew and she wasn't told, I've, that's I've disgusting, told, isn't it? I have just told you that I don't know what what she was told. But if she wasn't told, I if she wasn't told, she was told. Now, what I would say, can we phone her up and that... find out? Let's let's can we phone up Carol up and see if she was told because I'd love to know because if she wasn't I just I wonder okay. why well, someone can I, can I just, one second can I just... let's explore this we, we in a second we've got the rest of the show if you want I I wonder why somebody would buy a property if they knew it was going to be knocked down okay well it's can an I old explain... one isn't it. Yeah, well, can I just explain to you, perhaps, about the whole process of right to buy? I understand right if to Mrs. buy. But, no, but if Mrs. No, Butcher, I understand her, it. No, sorry. Well, 
Was can she I told? Just, for the sake of clarity, can I Cla- just... Please can clarify, Elspeth. Well, what I can clarify is, is that the position that she was in when she exercised her right to buy <clears> was <throat> that she has preserved right to buy as a transferring tenant. Now... All of this if is irrelevant. Was... All of this is irrelevant if, if, if she wasn't told that the place was going to be knocked down. All of this is irrelevant, isn't it? Well, that is, that, that, that's your view. If, I mean, if, we can't, if you what, knew... What I can't speculate on is what her decision would have been either way. And as I said, I don't know what she was told at, the, at which she sold, uh, we sold her the property. Here's what she, here's what she said. Let me, she... Let me, I've got a quote from her. She's 70 years old. She's lived yes. there for 48 years. Yes. They let me buy this place in June. They must have known then what they were considering to do. You did know. So we why did know. so why did I they don't... let me so why did they let me buy the property? The implication there is she wasn't told. Now, if she wasn't told, that's disgusting. You'd have to admit that, wouldn't you, Elspeth? I think it's unfortunate if she feels she was not in full possession of the facts. <laughs> Unfortunate that, w- that and we, we're but trying to get a hold of her. Unfortunate, as I, have, as I have been trying to say, unfortunate, you, as I have been trying to say to you, and it would be good if you would give me five minutes just to. It would have been great. This. You're not getting five we minutes don't. to tell me how, how um, right to buy works because I know it would have been great if you'd have told a 70 year old woman you were going to knock down the house that she was buying. That would have been good. However, it may or may not have influenced her decision to proceed with the right to buy. Just bear with me, because had she moved elsewhere, had she been moved elsewhere, she may not necessarily have taken that preserved right to buy with her. Now, as she stands, she will be fully compensated for that. For the, for but the she won't. But she won't get the price that she'd be able, she would get if she were to sell it on the open market. Because you can't. Is that, am I right? You can't sell it on the open market for three years. Is that right? It, that is correct. You so, can't. as, as, as I said, I understand right to buy. Is, so, so, sorry, but this is a slightly different circumstance. Yeah, exactly. It's a and specific circumstance get, that affects a seventy-year-old woman. She will get the market price. She will get full property. market price as if she were to sell that from three years. Because there is, this is a slightly different circumstance. Just to clarify, the then, normal one. Just to clarify, so the normal clarify, ones. Gosh, just to clarify, if she, so she will get uh, the full market price. Uh, that, that she would get. She will, yes, because she will not be required to repay the discount in these circumstances. Okay, where's everyone going to live? They are being assisted to find suitable alternative accommodation. We have met with every single tenant to discuss what their rehousing needs are, uh, and we're working with them to fulfil those needs. Some people wish to remain in Abbots Langley, and we are working with them to how do many, that. How many empty Some, properties you got to put these people in? Well, we don't have any immediately empty properties, which is why we've started this process at a very early stage, so that we can ensure that everyone has somewhere that's suitable for them. The thing to. is, the thing is, it's not just flats and houses, is it? It's homes. Oh, we it's appreciate that, and that's why we've invested a lot of time it's people's today homes. working with our customers to ensure that we f- and they fully understand what it is they need, where they wish to live, so that we understand, as well as they do, uh, what their social networks are, just, what their commitments to children in schools are, etc., etc. Sorry to bang on about this. Let's just go back to Carol for one second. If she did buy the property. When, when did you know that you, when did you start considering this? Last year? August last year, last is that right? Year. Last okay. year, last year, yeah. So when she bought the property in June, you, you, you definitely, you, you had like about 10 we months worth that, of knowledge. We knew that we were considering right. If you hadn't, if you didn't tell her, 
Let's assume you didn't tell her for a second. Mm. Would you admit that's a little bit sneaky? No, I don't think it you is. You think it's sneaky. acceptable? You think it's acceptable? I don't think it's sneaky. Ex- Do you think it's you, acceptable? I think it's unfortunate if she feels that she has not been in full possession. Do you of the think fact? it's acceptable? It, and just, I'm just assuming we're playing a fantasy game, and I appreciate your indulgent, indulgence. If she didn't, if she wasn't told, do you think that that's acceptable, even though you well, knew I'm what was sorry. going to happen? I'm, I'm sorry, but I'm actually not, in, I, I don't play fantasy games. Okay, well, let's bring I'm Carol into the conversation. Realities. Let's deal with realities. Morning, Carol. Morning. Let's deal with realities, Carol. Yes. When you bought your property, just mm-hmm. clears things up for Elspeth a little bit. Yes. When you brought your property in June, bearing in mind they, they'd had ten months of knowing what they were going to do, mm-hmm. did they tell you they were going to um, uh, knock down all of those properties? <laughs> According well, to Elspeth, according I'm to Elspeth, that's unfortunate. Well, I'm sorry if she if she was not given that information at the time. But as I said, I don't know whether it would have influenced her decision to Let's go ahead. Yes, we could ask her. Carol, uh, Carol, yes. Would that have influenced your decision to buy or not? What do you think? Well, if I knew a property I was going to buy was going to be knocked down, Carol, mm-hmm. I probably wouldn't buy it. Oh, nor would I. Elspeth. Yeah. So, she wasn't told, and it would have influenced her decision. Do you think that not telling her, a 70-year-old woman, was acceptable? I think, as I have already said, it was extremely unfortunate that she was not in full possession of the facts. It was, unf- however, it was unfortunate, is, however, Carol. What I, would also, what I would also say is that as, of the mo- as at this time, we are exploring the, you know, the possibilities for redevelopment of this site. And the, uh, we'll come to the redevelopment in a second. It's unfortunate, Carol, mm-hmm. that the people who sold you your property mm-hmm. forgot to mention it was going to be knocked down. That's unfortunate. That's strange. How strange well, that they forgot. Well, we didn't forget. Oh, you I'm hid not, it from I her. Know, you I have no idea what I've. What I'm saying is, is it was your right I, to tell me. Well, I'm sorry if if you were not informed, and I've said that several times it's now. Sorry I am very won't make sorry any difference, will it? Would you like this to have been done to you? How would you feel if you'd have been somewhere? No, I'm losing my temper. How would you feel? Answer me that. How would you feel if you'd lived in a place 48 years, I'm 70 years old, I've got all my, brought all my family up here, my grandchildren, how would you feel? I think it's very natural when there is... No, don't say natural. I'm asking you how you would feel. Carol, let's let's let Elspeth answer. Mm -hmm. I think it's very natural for you to be upset I think the scale of change that's envisaged is obviously very distressing. Um, However, as I've tried to say earlier, as a housing provider, we are endeavouring to balance the needs of both current residents, but also those people who desperately need homes in, in that, this area. In that case, and why are the rents going area... to be double? Why are the rents well, going the rent... to be double? Okay, if I can just explain the rents. The rents are not going to be double. How much more are the rents currently, going to be? Currently, rents on that development are about 50% of open market. We will be charging a rent that will be up to 80% of open market. Okay, so unaffordable and for the these re- residents. And the re- hang on a second. Well, no, reason- Elspeth, Elspeth, unaffordable. I'm, I'm, I'm bearing with you. Un- unaffordable, properly. unaffordable for these residents. Well, th- 
And, and on what basis do you consider these to be unaffordable for these residents? That they won't be able to afford them. OK, well, let me explain to you. The reason we charge those level of rent is because that is what we are required to charge by the government. That is what national policy says is affordable. Yeah, OK, to, to talk to Carol, about, talk to Carol about national policy. You're talking to Carol now. Talk to Carol about national policy and unaffordable well, housing. Rent, you talk well, to rent Carol. Policy, rent policy doesn't really mm-hmm. apply to Carol any longer because Carol has purchased her home. Well, she's going to be knocked down. And she will be compensated for that. I don't want to be. I want my flat and I want my home. I don't want to move somewhere where I don't know my neighbours. We are a community here. We help one another. I don't think you realise that. And when people are on their own, they are vulnerable. And we we help one another. I do appreciate the, the concern and the distress, and I can hear that very loud and clear. And I, what I have said is, is that we are doing everything we possibly can do to support people to ensure that they achieve as good a move as, we, you know, as, as is possible for them. However, we, we do have to balance making effective use of land, which is a really scarce resource in Three Rivers. You know, 75% of this area is greenbelt, and that means that in order to provide any new homes, and bearing in mind that, you know, Britain as a whole needs over, you know, it needs a million homes, a million new homes, um, to ensure that not just those who are currently adequately housed, but that everyone has a chance of, of decent housing. Okay, Elspeth, um, we, we have to move on. I think you, you've had your say. Just final thing. Uh, you, you, you don't have any qualms about um, your you, your business, selling a property to, to a woman knowing it was going to be knocked down and that... Um, I have already said, I You've got no qualms with that. If she was, was, if she was not okay. given full information okay. on that point... Would you have preferred that she was given full information? I would have preferred that she had full information, of OK, course. Elspeth, thank you very much indeed. Elspeth McKenzie, Chief Executive of Thrive Homes. Carol, I, I'm sorry if we woke you, my love. I do appreciate you coming on at short notice. Thank you very much indeed. BBC Three Counties Radio, let's get the travel. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M40, it's very slow into London because a lane's been blocked just after Junction 2 for Beaconsfield, which is causing a delay from Junction 3 for Highway East. It's also busy on Western Avenue from the M40 at the Denham Roundabout towards Gypsy Corner. And in Watford on the Lower High Street, it's slow from Eastbury Road around the Bushy Arches. In St Albans, Harpenden Road is queued southbound between Beach Road and Ayers End Lane, and that's because of the roadworks. And on the Aylesbury Road in Haddenham, there are queues between Tame Road and Kingsley Road at the Turning Tame Road. On the A1 Great North Road in Wyboston, it's slow southbound between the Comeworth Turnoff and the Black Cat Roundabout. And on the trains, Great Northern ha- are not stopping at Old Street because of the problem with the station lighting. Smart the breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. With the headlines, I'm Simon Oxley. The chief executive of Luton-based EasyJet has said security needs to be tightened at a number of airports around the world in the wake of the suspected bomb attack on a Russian airliner over Egypt. Carolyn McCall said she believed passengers would happily accept an increase in checks. Police and fire services in Milton Keynes and Buckinghamshire are set to share premises under a new agreement. The news was announced on the same day that public consultation ended into plans to do just that in Milton Keynes. And a year after a baby girl was stillborn at Luton and Hospital. The authorities there say they are committed to learning from the death. Anna Begg died last November. Hospital managers met with the family yesterday to discuss the findings of a report into the baby's death. 
Three Counties Sport. BBC Three Counties Radio. All our sides received away ties in last night's FA Cup second round draw. Wickham, Luton, Steve Nidge and non-league Chesham and possibly Boreham Wood will all be on the road on the first weekend in December. More from Jeff Doyle. After producing one of the shocks of the first round, Chesham's reward is a tough second round tie away to either Aldershot or Bradford. Luton Town will come up against Graham Wesley again as the Hatters head to his new club Peterborough from League One. Steve Nidge faced the long trip to Yeovil, the team they play in League Two this weekend. Wickham have a difficult one away to Millwall and if Boreham would beat Northwich in their replay they'll be away to Northampton. The Bedford athlete Paula Radcliffe says Lord Coe must act to stamp out doping in the sport after the damning report calling for Russia to be suspended from next year's Olympics. Coe, the new head of world athletics, says Russia must respond by Friday to accusations that it ran a doping programme for its athletes. Radcliffe says strong action needs to be taken. We're in a new chapter. We have a new president and he is having to make decisions. He is having to call on his council and really seriously look at the way the IAAF is pulled together, the way that our anti-doping works. If it means taking it out of IAAF, so be it. The calls for change are going to come louder than ever and Seb will have to act. And in rugby, England bosses have denied making any approach for the Australia coach Michael Checker. Reports in Australia claim the RFU had sounded out Checker about replacing Stuart Lancaster as England head coach, but this has been denied by an RFU spokesman. BBC Three Counties News and Sports, the next full bulletin is at nine. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. I feel after the, all of that tension, we need something a little bit, um, we need something a little bit um, lighter. Bear, bear with me. Let's. Um, um, oh, I've not got any of my. I've not got any of my songs that I need to lighten the mood. This will do. Oh no, it's not there. I've lost, I've lost everything. I've lost everything. I've got nothing. I'm, I'm a spent force. Oh three four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number. Catherine, have you got any texts as well? I look for something a little bit lighter on my iPod. We've got loads. I don't really want to do the thing where we talk about um, someone when they're not on to defend themselves, but you know. Why? What they said about Simon Oxley. <laughs> <laughs> it's about that last interview. Okay, well, that, that you know. Um, uh, by the way, boss, um, get ready for another complaint. Uh, you know, I just, I just, it's a, uh, unfortunate was an unfortunate choice of words. I think in uh, in that situation, really. So um, there you go. Stephen Luton says, if I could buy a property now for a discount and have it bought back in months for a full price, I would snap it up. The anger appears to be around the change, not, I suspect, the financial element. Well, she's 70, Steve. It's, it's people's houses. It's, it's, it's not people's houses. It's people's homes. And there, there is a huge, huge difference in that. Hang on, just bear with me. Let's have this. Hang on, hang on, let's have this. Let's have this. One, two, three, and four more make seven. Six is afraid of seven, because seven ain't nine. Nine was minding his business, talking to ten about Gordy House clothes. Why seven, eight, nine? Nobody knows. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, ten. What about nine? Seven, eight, nine. Oh, the cattle have to live with eight lives now. Ronaldo will have to make do. Ever since seven, eight, nine, seems I've got an extra finger and an extra toe, too. Seven, eight, nine. Once upon a time in our solar system, we couldn't make do without nine. But Pluto's not a planet now. So eight'll do fine. 
Oh, the cattle have to do with eight lives now. The Chinese will be out of luck. Vampires will have to think of some other method, cause without their canines, how will they suck? Seven, eight, nine. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, ten? What about nine? Seven, eight, nine. Seven, eight, nine. Seven, eight, nine. Oh, seven, eight, nine. So this Starbucks story confuses me. What Starbucks story is that? It, um, it's in the sun. Let me get in the sun. And there was a, Clive Ball was talking about it last night, and I was li- I, I fell asleep. Um, but I was listening. I think I don't get what the story is. Oh, I had a bit something about a red cup. Where is it? I've said it's. Uh, oh no, no, that's it's on page seven of the sun. Here we go. Bucking cup trend. Starbucks has been blasted for removing festive images from its cups. And this is one of those stories that's come from some Muppet on Twitter. Guys, guys, hey, guys, journalists, if someone's having a a strop on Twitter, that ain't a story, all right? That's called Twitter. That's called Twitter, all right? It's just like someone's, it's just like a thought that's just popped out. It's not a story. Go and find real stories. Customer Joshua Feuerstein posted a video of the plain red cups, traditionally featuring snowmen and Santa. 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 Which has since gone viral. He said, Starbucks Starbucks remove Christmas because they hate Jesus. Oh. Well, hang on. Santa isn't Jesus. Santa's, you know, you know Santa's red because of Coca-Cola. I don't know if that's true mm-hmm. or not, but that's the myth. No, it is true. Okay. Um, I don't even know if this guy's American either. I don't know. Sir David Ames. What a mess. Tory MP for South M West said, What is Christmas about? It's Christ mass. This is madness. Jesus. Six a coffee cup. Jeffrey Fields, Starbucks Vice President of Design and Content, said its shops have become a place of sanctuary during the holidays. This is insane. Uh, and there were people getting angry about it on Twitter. Clive Ball was doing a phone in on it. I don't, I don't, I don't get it. So they've, they've take, so what? It's, they're not doing it because of the Muslims. They're not doing it because of the Jews. They're not doing it because they're just, just taking Christmas, because red cups. It's, it's Starbucks. Red's, red's Christmassy, right? It's coca cola It's Starbucks. Starbucks remove Christmas because they hate Jesus. Who, now, who does that sound like? Who? Do it again. Okay. Starbucks remove Christmas because they hate Jesus. Mm. I'm going to call my friend Tony Blair and start a war. Oh. George Bush. Well. W, the second one. And my, in my mind, the second best. Jed, W, these are in, in, in from what's so the number one is Jed Bush. Number two is W. Third place is his dad. You know I what, mean, but they're all very close. It's not big gaps. They're very close. You know they're what Jed big. Bush is supposed to have said in the last couple of days? Go on, do, do it. Oh, if he could voice. go back in time, he would kill baby Hitler. If I could go back in time, I'd kill baby Hitler with my good friend Tony Blair. Not bring him up to love rather than hate, no, but you kill could, a baby. Kill a baby. The thing is, well, this is the great question of time travelists. Would you kill Hitler? Well, would you? At what stage, though? Well, baby Hitler is not a danger yet, is he? Danny, would you kill Hitler? Never. This is and this is the the um, if you watch the movie, um, the oh the Philadelphia Experiment two, they go back in time to kill Hitler. Well, you can't kill Hitler. You can't go back in time and alter time because then, well, I won't be born. You won't be born. BBC Three Counties Radio would still be BBC Bedford. You can't go back and kill Hitler. H- Hitler didn't make me be born. No, 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 no. But the chain of event. Well, your mum and dad would never have met. Why? How did your mum and dad meet? 
Not because of Hitler. No, 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 no. But there would have been so many seismic changes. World War Two either wouldn't have happened or would have been a very, very different war. My mum and dad met because she was very drunk at a party. OK, well, um, um, booze might have been banned. Was it German beer? Probably, actually, yeah, yeah. Exactly. You yeah, see, do you see? see? Everything's changed. It, a, a one, like a, sign, a, a, a small change, mm. like a hundred years ago, could have stopped your mum and dad meeting. Hitler being uh, killed as a baby, your mum and dad would never have met. Like, Never have met. It's like that episode of Doctor Who. Isn't it? Which mm. one, mate? The one where they have to kill this Dave Ross because be, he be... makes the Daleks. Who? Davros, not Dave Ross. What are you talking about? And so they go back. You know who Davros is based on? Bobby Davros. Bobby Hit- Davros. Hit- Oh. Bobby Davros. I don't think he was. Yeah, I yeah. Was we're, we're just filling now, guys. We're literally yeah. just filling. Call in if you want us to stop filling. But the doctor didn't kill. Genesis Davros. of the Daleks. Yeah. Yeah, there we go. One. The Baker. Yep. Classic. Tom. Classic. I like this guy. Classic. He remembered who? that, but he called him Dave Ross. I think he was doing a little riff. I Were think you? He, I think he was trying yeah. to... Were you? It was a little joke. I think he was, so he was trying to play our game. Failed miserably. 1-0 to me, as it always is. Not <laughs> always. Bobby. Um, so, you can't kill Hitler. So then what does that tell us about humanity? Phone Jeb Bush and tell him. I'm going to phone. Um, I'm going to... I've got to say, I can only do it if I start this. Starbucks remove Christmas because they hate Jesus and my good friend Tony Blair. That is not bad. That is not bad, considering that as a spontaneous mm. um, um, impression. It's spontaneous Bush. of a time machine, isn't it? Sorry? If you had a time machine, you wouldn't just use it to kill people, would you? You'd go to right, the Beatles well, or something. Let's not use it by the looks of things. Go, I wouldn't go to the Beatles. I only did 20-minute concerts. What a waste of um, no, rocket fuel. No, maybe the rooftop one. That was, a, no, that, that was a mess. Let's be honest. The rooftop concert was a mess. Mm-hmm. No, do you know where I'd go if I had a time machine? Mm. Well, where would you go? Let's see if we can spot a trend. Where would you go? Um... While he's, he's thinking, Catherine, you think. OK, I... No, you think. Oh. Daniel son. I'd quite like to see David Bowie. You can, he's still alive. No, but he doesn't do it anymore. He'll do it again, he'll, he'll do one more. So no. what, you'd go back to 83 to watch the Let's no, Dance no, no, Tour? Not, no, not the 80s. you go back to 87 to watch no, Tin Machine? No, i go to the 70s and catch him in Dunstable, because right. so I can't you, drive. All right, so you go back to 73 and watch Ziggy Stardust playing at the, the California bar. Catherine, could you pick something more interesting, please? Woodstock. No, I wouldn't go it's to Woodstock. It's on video. Yeah, you can watch that. Yeah, but I want to go and get like, my baps out and stuff. Right, you know where I go? The flipping future. What? I'd go no. to the flipping future. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. There are queues on the M40 into London because of an accident that happened just after Junction 2 for Beaconsfield earlier and it's causing a delay back from Junction 3 for High Wycombe East. Also, it's busy on the A40 from the M40 at the Denham Roundabout towards the Gypsy Corner in Acton. In Amersham, Gore Hill has queues southbound between the A413 and London Road. It's not being helped by the accident on the M40. The A5 southbound in Markgate has queues approaching the M1 Junction 9 for Redbourne and on the M1 it's slow southbound from Junction 10 for Luton Airport to 9 for Redbourne. On the Trains, Great Northern are not stopping at Old Street in London because of a problem with the lighting at the station. Samantha Breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much indeed. Gosh, someone oh, I'm being sent. Why am I being sent stuff about Europe? I don't really. I mean, don't really. Um, am I allowed to say this? I don't care if we're in or out of Europe. I literally, I don't, it will have no impact on my life whatsoever. Can I still go to France and Greece for my holidays? Yes, beautiful. Stop emailing me. 
8.46, these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The chief executive of Luton-based EasyJet has urged a number of airports around the world to tighten their security in the wake of the crash in Egypt. Police and fire services in Buckinghamshire and Milton Keynes are set to share premises under a new agreement. And a former parent at Penn School near Wickham says she's heartbroken that the site is up for sale for six million quid. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. It's an exceptionally mild start and mild day across all three counties. The temperature last night barely dropped at all, if at all, from yesterday's maximum temperature. And our weather watchers are posting very similar reports this morning. We've got some beautiful pictures, actually, some breaks in the cloud this morning. So we are seeing glimmers of blue sky. Uh, we've got Steve B and Hitchin. We've got a lovely bit of blue sky there, actually. But the cloud isn't far away. In Woolston, Nicola MK has posted a picture. And you can see just the cloud thickening coming up. Uh, that's moving in from the west. It's going to continue to do so through the course of the day. It's quite breezy today, not quite as windy as it was yesterday, but breezy nonetheless, you will notice it. And uh, the temperature is fairly similar, around 16 Celsius by the end of the afternoon, possibly even 17. If we get a bit of sunshine that we're getting this morning later, that's going to warm things up and we could get up to 17 Celsius. Now, overnight tonight, uh, we're going to see a dry night with cloudy skies, staying mild, minimum temperature 12 Celsius. And for tomorrow, it's more of the same, mild, breezy, dry temperatures at 15 celsius that's your forecast cheers my dears. friday night on bbc one is children in need and it's going to be one epic night of entertainment starring harry hill i can see big names from the world of showbiz the residents of albert square it just takes a lot of getting used to yes sweet son you better get used to it and taking to the Strictly Dance Floor, the cast of Culver Midwife. Fabulous! Plus an exclusive Star Wars special. BBC Children in Need, Friday night from 7.30 on BBC One. Well, this is... this Guys, honestly, I've spent... Marco, I've spent years pondering this, so... Ian, surely no time machine can ever be invented. If it is ever a possibility, we would have surely had people come back to us from the future, wouldn't we? Yes, but they can't reveal themselves, Marco. Did you not see Quantum Leap? Yeah. So, um, how do you know they're not there? You, I mean, you don't. You don't know they're not there. I could be from the future. I could. You couldn't. Why? Because you're very backward thinking. Oh. If you're from the future, you're trying too hard <laughs> to blend in. You're so horrible. You've got the decade slightly wrong. Have you seen this text from Dave? Oh. It's a text I never thought I'd be reading out loud today. Here we go, go on. World War II created Catherine. <laughs> Wowzers. Wow. Because when us Brits went to Germany to beat up the naughty people, we found their beer recipe and used it to make her. <laughs> Wowzers. You know, no, we know, what, um, we know what created Catherine. <laughs> what? Oh, no, hang on a second. Hang on a minute. Here we go. This is what created Catherine. Oh, no, hang on a second. Hang on, hang on. No, don't! Don't! This is what created Catherine. Here comes the sun. Why did this create Catherine? Here comes the sun. I don't want to go back then. I say it's all right. Little darling. Yeah, I feel the long, cold, lonely winter. Little darling, <laughs> it feels like years since it's been clear. 
Here comes the sun, didn't do do. Here comes the sun, and I say it's all right. Little darling, oh no. I feel the ice is slowly melting. <laughs> Little darling, it feels like years since it's been clear. Here comes the sun. Here comes the sun. I say it's all right. Bit synth heavy this version. Sun, 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 here it comes. It's tricky this bit, hang on. Sun, 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 here it comes. Close his eyes when he does that. I've got to, to reach it. Sun, 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 here it comes. Like X Factor. Sun, 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 here it comes. Sun, 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 here it comes. Uplifting. Let's go to this is not this is not the true version of the here we go. <laughs> Little darling, I've been a long cold lonely winter. Little darling, it feels like years since it's been clear. Here comes the sun. Oh yeah, here comes the sun, and I say it's all right. Yeah, Stop getting it. it on, it's all right. <laughs> do -do -do -do. Here comes the sun, and I say get them off now. It's all right. Hang on. He won't be listening now, will he? If he is, they're in a right fruity mood. Danny. Danny doesn't know what that was all about. Most people don't. I don't think I feel like most people If right you were now. listening two years, three months and two days ago and about an hour and 12 minutes ago, you'd know exactly, exactly what that's a reference to. Let's just to. say that's my parents' song. <laughs> oh. Yeah. <laughs> Answer the phone. That it was might three be... hours of mortification. No, three hours, three minutes. <laughs> Two minutes thirty-one. Oh three four five nine. Four double five. Five double five. Oh dear. Here's the telephone. Isn't it interesting? We only perk up in the last three minutes of the show. I mean, that's well, the this way. is nearly over. Nearly over. Uh, so, if you uh, want to be um, uh, healthy, seventy se seventy seven. Tips for forty-somethings who want a healthy old age. Oh. This comes from Dr. Ranjan Chatterjee. Okay. I, I know that name. There are plenty of doctors who believe in prescribing a pill for every ill. Oh, but Dr. Ranjan Chatterjee is not one of them. Instead, the GP has come up with a seven-point lifestyle plan for those in their forties. This guy, not me, which should allow them to enjoy old age ailment-free. I'm in. I want to know. I want to know. I want to know what Chatterjee says. So I'm gonna read. I'm gonna read what Chatterjee says. I'm gonna pick and choose the ones that I like. From turning the kitchen into a zone free of crisps, I'm out! Best crisps in the world, Catherine? Mmm, I like a McCoy's. 
I don't know which they're, they're the the filleted ones. Yeah, the fat ones. Okay. They're like a Yorkie Two. Yorkie version of crisps. Two. Classic. Your classic um cheese and onion. Basic, oh, yeah. beautiful. Mm. Uh or the ones in the black bag, the Thai sweet chili. Oh yeah, I like mm. those too. Best though, somebody else's. Well done. Uh a chocolate uh, um to turn the kitchen into a zone free of crisps, chocolate, biscuits, to eating more nuts and cutting carbohydrates. Dr. Chatterjee is a killjoy. Other tips to cut the risk of common health problems, such as migraines, this guy, mm-hmm. and diabetes, include regular monitoring of blood pressure and blood sugar levels. Well, well that's not good. That's having diabetes, isn't it? Not fixating on high cholesterol and learning how to um, um, uh, meditate. Dr. Chatterjee, who runs a busy surgery in Oldham, he says it's busy. Maybe he should take on more staff is taking part in a new three-part BBC series, Doctor in the House. Well, Doctor in... Well, how did that song go? Doctor in the house. Doctor in... Doctor oh, in... Oh, I'm thinking of um, Doctor in the TARDIS. That was Doctor based on Gary Glitter. We can't sing yeah. that. Which begins later this month. It will see him monitor three families for several weeks. Oh, sounds boring. Speaking to the Radio Times. No, never diss a programme until you've seen it, Ian. Splash. I call that... That was sp- good. I call that the splash effect. Yeah, diss splash. Watched it. Brilliant. Speaking to Radio Times, Dr Chatterjee said, I won't do the voice. I won't do how I imagine the voice. The reality is that the 10-minute appointment slot... Can you do Oldham? Slot... Well, Oldham? No. O- Oldham, mate. No. That's Birmingham. No. Anyway, so these are his things he says. He's probably posh. I'm a very posh doctor, and these yeah. are the things we should be doing. Number one, check your blood pressure. Number two, test your blood sugar. These are boring. Number three, cut carbohydrates such as sugary cereals. S- cut sandwiches? Is he nuts? You always cut your sandwiches. Triangles. <laughs> sandwiches can lead to visceral fat building up inside the abdominal yeah. cavity. I mean, it's a large oh, butter. shut up. Sandwiches are good for you. Meditate, 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 meditate. David. To David. David? Good morning. Good, Good morning. morning Ian. Good morning, David. What you got for us? Um, Dr. Chatterjee saying take all the stuff out of the kitchen, like the crisps and the chocolates oh, and all that sort of stuff. Yep. Yep. Damn good idea. Keep it in the living room. Saves the walk. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much indeed. <laughs> David, David, well done, sir. That's... Thank you, David. That's the call, kind of call we want. He's right. Yeah, you might live to 110, but what a miserable life you're going to have. So what, you shave 10 years off your life because you eat, you eat a load of crisps? Crisps is God. I like crisps. Crisps is what? God. I'm doing them, that woman. I have... I'm doing the woman from um, Cat on a Hot Tin Roof. Tennessee Williams. Doing, the te- doing her. All right. Is that her name? Tennessee Williams? Fact, my dear. No. Oh, you mean, uh, oh, you mean uh, Scarlett my, O'Hara? No, no, no. I don't mean her. My handbag? Oh. Tennessee Williams. Oh. Uh, Agnes de Levine. What's her name? She's a woman, famous woman. No, the boudoir. What's her name? You know what oh, I mean? Oh, you know, I've always relied on the kindness of strangers. That woman. Mm. Doing Sunset that. Boulevard. Yeah, what's her name? I've got, I've got 40 seconds. Cassie to... Boulay. That's it. Relax on cholesterol. People falsely think if their cholesterol is low, they're healthy. And if it's high, they need to take a statin. It's oversimplistic. All right, Chatterjee. Fast for fitness. You're nuts. We've all evolved from periods of fasting. No, we haven't. You evolved from the, the Beatles Abbey Road. I tend to re- recommend at least 10 hours. G- jog on, fella. Junk the junk food. 
Instead, snack on nuts. Catherine. Seeds. Catherine. Olives. This guy. And avocados. Avocado. Avocados. Mm. I'm, I'm not... I'm, I'm having none of that. What a load of... Old, this Dr Chatterjee should be struck off. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. It's very slow on the M40 into London, just approaching Junction 2 for Beaconsfield because of an accident that happened there earlier. And all the lanes have been reopened, but there are still queues from Junction 3 for High Wycombe East. And the A40 is very busy too from where it becomes the uh, Denham roundabout towards the Acton gypsy corner in amersham on gore hill there are queues southbound between the a413 and london road because of the problems on the m40 and the a5 is slow southbound from lynch hill towards the m1 at junction 9 for redbourne on the trains great northern aren't stopping at old street because of a problem with the lighting at the station smart the breath bbc three counties radio sammy thank you i've got to say after that last call and some of your text some of you are really operating on the lowbrow and it's appreciated it really lowbrow is exactly what we need Simon in Stevenage, what a, what a wonderful way to close the show. Dr Chatterjee's new programme should be called, ladies and gentlemen, The Chatterjee Strategy. And I can't beat that, so I'm going to close my microphone. Ta-ta. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JBS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. It's Tuesday. It's nine o'clock. And on today's big phone-in, should EU migrants have to wait four years before they're allowed to claim in-work benefits? David Cameron will announce today that he wants to ban EU migrants from claiming in-work benefits in the UK unless they have lived here for at least four years. He says this policy will be the forefront of negotiations if the UK is to remain within the European Union. Government figures released this week show that 43% of EU migrants rely on the benefits system during their first four years in the UK and 66% receive tax credits and housing benefit. Whilst Mr Cameron hasn't mentioned job seekers' allowance, he'll make it clear we can no longer allow migrants from Europe to move here and immediately claim tax credits and child benefit whilst applying for social housing. Well, I want to know from you, should EU migrants have to wait four years before they're allowed to claim in-work benefits? Pick up the phone, come on and have your say. Here's my telephone number. It's 03459 455 555. This is the JVS Show on BBC Three Counties Radio. So I'll hear what you've got to say on that in just a second. But first, let's get the latest BBC News at nine o'clock with Simon Oxley. The headlines, EasyJet boss calls for better airport security, police and fire service to share premises in Buckinghamshire and mum heartbroken as Penn's school is put up for sale. BBC Three Counties Radio. The chief executive of Luton-based EasyJet has said security needs to be tightened at a number of airports around the world in the wake of the suspected bomb attack on a Russian airliner over Egypt. Carolyn McCall said she believed passengers would happily accept an increase in checks. Speaking at London Luton Airport this morning, she said she was confident in security measures here. Remember, EasyJet actually fly to primary airports right across Europe um, and their security measures tend to be very, very tight indeed. British airport security is very good uh, and it's always been a focus for British airports. So, um, you know, that's our predominant way of operating. And of course, as you say, we will be working with the government. If we're flying to any airports that don't have the right security measures, we will work with the government on that. 
Police and fire services in Buckinghamshire and Milton Keynes are set to share premises under a new agreement. The news was announced on the same day that public consultation ended into plans to do just that in Milton Keynes. More from Gail Sanderson. The formal commitment has been signed by the Commissioner and the Chief Constable of Thames Valley Police, together with representatives for the fire authorities in Buckinghamshire, Berkshire and Oxfordshire. It was announced by Oxfordshire County Council and focuses on police and fire services sharing property to reduce costs. Meanwhile, consultation ended yesterday into plans to merge Bletchley and Great Home fire stations in Milton Keynes. The new blue light hub in West Ashland would also be a police base. David Cameron will set out the aims of his renegotiation with the European Union later today. In a letter to the President of the European Council, he's expected to push for four main objectives, including restricting in-work benefits to EU migrants. In a speech in London, the Prime Minister will 